All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking balls, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. Previously on the Spoken... I'm 31 years old, and I have never seen my team make a Super Bowl. Now, I know there's other fans other like, dude, I, it's the same for me. I'm a Bills fan or you know, Bengals fan or whatever the case is. But I've also been a very realistic fan throughout my life. And I have never felt the way I feel right now about my team. I've never had the excitement because, let's be honest, we've never had a team that threatens the dynasty like this one does. We've known for many years the class of the AFC has either been the Patriots or whatever team Peyton Manning's on. And we've had to watch from a distance the success that their franchises have had for the better part of 15 to 20 years. The Kansas City Chiefs are the next dynasty in the NFL. And I really hope that everybody understands what I'm saying. That for the first time in my entire life, I am predicting that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be Super Bowl fucking champions. And I say that with conviction. I say that not as a fan because, like I just said, I've never picked the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl in my entire life. This is the first time I've done it, and it will not be the last time I do it. Because Patrick Mahomes is going to light the world on fire for a second consecutive year, and this time he will not end his season on a loss. He is ending his season in a big-time win. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCP and studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz will be here momentarily, and we got our lady on the ones and twos, Mrs. Gad herself. Guys, how are y'all doing tonight? Everybody feeling good tonight? Terrific. I mean, everybody should feel really good for multiple reasons because of the fact that less than a week from now, we're going to have actual real NFL football back, which seems like decades ago. It feels like we've lived an entire lifetime since the last time we saw somebody huddle up and get a play ready to go in an NFL game. But guys, it is here. And we have the perfect guest, in my perf- in my honest opinion. I think it's actually a fact. It shouldn't be based on opinion. My guy, who hasn't been on this show and what seems like even longer than the NFL season being away from us, my guy, Mr. Ron, the show, Hughley. How are we doing tonight, Mr. Ron? What's good, fellas, man? It's always good to to break bread with you all. I know crazy-ass Gad is somewhere around there <laughs> running around doing something. My man, Trevor Lance. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's fun times. It's finally. I didn't know if we was going to get here. I didn't know if we was going to have games. Um, still nervous. TCU and SMU canceled their game. Because there is a lot of uh, COVID tests coming up, but it looks like we're in the clear six days away from today. Texans Chiefs Thursday night. Um, I can't wait, man. Absolutely. Well, first off, again, Mr. Show, it is incredible to have you back, man. I, I believe the last time uh, we had you on was right after that shameful NFL 100 list that came out. And I could have swore you and I 
were screaming at each other like Walter Matthau, Jack Lemon from Grumpy Old Men. But a lot has happened since then. You have taken your talents to South Texas, covering Houston sports and sports radio 610. Ronnie, how have the last bit, last 10 months been for you, my guy? Uh, I mean, crazy, um, crazy like everybody else, I'm sure, with everything that's happened from the coronavirus to uh, things happen all around this country. Um, moved uh, to Houston. I'm out here in Houston uh, doing an afternoon drive with uh, Clint Sterner. Uh, Clint Sterner in the show. This is 2 to 6 every day, Sports Radio 610. But, um, yeah, man, I was, I, was, um, I was hired actually there in March and was doing the show from my basement in Kansas City. Couldn't move uh, yet because we couldn't go into the, st- the studio and um, stayed home um and um and and did the show from the basement um family moved down here uh we were (laughs) it's been a crazy thing i had to stay in houston without my family for about a month then uh they came they came behind and uh trying to get a house trying to get everything going trying to understand the the market understand the houston fans and doing a radio show without sports (laughs) so (laughs) all of that was crazy, man. But uh, but it's been fun. It's uh, it's been it's been good to learn about myself and uh, uh, ready for what's at whatever's in front. Well, I mean, let's dive right into this matchup: uh, Chiefs Texans. Uh, oh, these man. two teams have faced each other seven times uh, since Andy Reid took over in Kansas City in 2013, and and in those seven games, the Chiefs are five and two. And of all those matchups, none of them stand out more than their most recent head to head in the 2019 divisional round. Uh, the Texans go up 24 before my nachos were even out of the microwave, only to lose by 20 at the end of the game. Ron- Ronnie, how do you believe this Texans team has recovered from this loss, and how much of a motivating factor is that game for the Texans going into week one? Uh, it's, it's, it's on their mind. Um, some of the leaders on that team, uh, Deshaun Watson said the other day he doesn't dwell on it, um, but he thinks about it. They all talk about finishing, finishing, finishing. Justin Reed uh, the safety, uh, one of their better young defensive players, um, he's he's been on record to say, I, I think about it all the time. It, it angers me all the time. It's a big motivation thing. And they, they see a lot as a slap in the face. The Texans believe, even with their changes, that they belong on the field with the best teams in football. And the best team in football is the reigning, uh, not to go, Paul Heyman, the reigning, defending <laughs> Super Bowl champs, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So they feel like they believe that they belong on that field. Um, and they're pretty pissed off about this. They're 10-point underdogs in Vegas. All of this stuff is motivational. I believe they believe they lost that game and they gave that game away with turnovers a lot on special teams as opposed to just getting their asses kicked although 51 to seven run like um, the chiefs or the golden state warriors is pretty rough, but uh, they, they've been circling this game. And when they saw what the schedule was setting up, they were hoping they would be in the week one game. Well, back in the 2017 draft, when the chiefs traded up and took Patrick Mahomes 10th overall, uh, it was widely known as a risky as hell move for many reasons. Uh, but one of those reasons was due to the idea that at that time, Many suggested that Sean Watson was the better quarterback coming out of college. 
now that we know what both of these quarterbacks are, Mahomes being the best of the best, and Mahomes and Watson easily being a top five to seven quarterback today, it, it's safe to say that these two will see each other quite often in future playoff matchups. Knowing good and damn well uh, that the NFL is desperately trying to pair Mahomes to another young stud quarterback to create this new Brady versus Manning Volume Two. Is this the one? Is is Mah- is Watson going to Mahomes' ultimate rival in your eyes? I think so. Um, and a lot. They. It seems like Lamar Jackson is the one that's trying to be pushed, but it's just hard to believe what he does is sustainable. And I think if you ask any any GM scout which quarterback which player they take they take Deshaun he he can run he can throw he was second in the league according to pro football focus last year on downfield throws uh, Lamar Lamar struggled in the playoff game when the Titans just made him throw the ball on the outside so I think Deshaun Deshaun is behind Patrick Mahomes I think those two are clear clearly uh the two best players and i'm I'm not sure man i I think situation happens a lot and matters a lot and if deshaun got andy reed and got those weapons i think we'd be in a similar conversation i don't know if his talent's the same or it would look the same as pat but i think situation happens i think it's very impressive to see that Deshaun has been able to do things that he's done in the situation he's been in with a ton of injuries, sometimes just having one receiver to throw to, sometimes having a coach that's not nearly as creative as what Patrick has. Um, You know, so if they can get this thing right, Bill O'Brien turning over things to his his new coordinator, they can get this thing right. Yeah, I I think you potentially have the the next Brady and and, – in Peyton Manning situation with those two. Well, I'm glad you brought up Bill O'Brien because that's actually my next question. He actually is in my next question. And from the outside looking in, at least the the elephant in the room is how do the Texans bounce back from, in my opinion, a horrific trade of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, now, now it does sound as if the Texans and Watkins will work out a long-term deal and keep him in place, but you can't tell me that that move was approved or supported by Watson to allow them to shop, who in my opinion is the best wide receiver in the league in his prime. Uh, there have been a good number of decisions on and off the field made by Bill O'Brien that many scratch their head at. My question to you, Ron, being there now in Houston is for the time that you have, do you believe he has the trust and belief of his players and the fans as a whole? Uh, absolutely. And he's got the trust of the one he needs to have, and that's Deshaun. Here's the hidden thing with the Hopkins thing. My only issue with the Hopkins trade is I don't think they got enough back. Right. And at least not get enough back, at least don't pay everything for David Johnson. The move that they made, and this is people I've talked to and what I, and from putting things together, is they needed this to be Deshaun's team, right? They needed it to be Deshaun's team. And if you understand their relationship – DeAndre Hopkins was the person when Deshaun got to Clemson for his visit that took him around on his visit. There is a respect level and and, and an ad- admiration level to him that it was ever going to it was going to be hard for that to completely be his team. Right. With Deshaun with DeAndre Hopkins being there. Kind of similar, similar to to Cam Newton when Steve Smith was kind of on his way out from Carolina. Yes. yes. And I've explained it to people. Yeah. With uh, Peyton Manning at Marshall Falk, 
Marshall Falk was in Indianapolis. Yeah. Peyton Manning grew up watching Marshall Falk in New Orleans. They're both from New Orleans. Marshall's older, and he idolized him. They needed that to be Peyton's team. And I think the Texans were highly influenced by the Chiefs game that they needed to get faster. And DeAndre Hopkins is an all-pro receiver, three-time all-pro. Uh, but speed is not his game. And creating separation is not his game. And they felt like we're going to roll with Will Fuller, who was a downfield threat, Brandon Cooks, who was a downfield threat, more speed, Randall Cobb in the slot that they really liked, Kenny Stills, who was a downfield threat. Three of the four of those guys ran four twos at the four threes at the combine or better. They wanted speed and they wanted big playability and more of that. And they felt between those two things and making it Deshaun's team, that's where they wanted to do that. And I think that's why Deshaun has or Bill O'Brien has the, the the respect from Deshaun because the moves they made was to make it his team. That's and like I'm saying, I still can't pay David Johnson that whole ten million right. when I think they were just gonna give it up. But even him, you been watch David Johnson. If he don't get hurt in the first quarter. He has looked really, really good in camp, really, really fast, um, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So uh, he ain't ten million worth, but but they've they've created a lot of speed around Deshaun. I think it's the same concern too for the two receivers with Brandon Cooks and uh, uh, Will Fuller, two guys that are consistently hurt, and they're similar players. But when they, if those two guys go down, I don't know how many other options you guys actually have. But that's my only concern for that offense. I think DJ is going to be fine, but yeah, yeah, you know injuries are a problem. Fail for anybody. Yeah, those two guys are pretty fragile. Though. That's the only thing that's fairly consistent. With them. Right now, Trevor, don't say you guys. Uh, hey, I'm saying <laughs> we know where Ron's loyalty lies. I, I, I know where you're located. We, we know a team. We know a team Ron rocks with. Don't worry, Ron. You're safe with us. You're safe with us, Ron. I'm a big Deshaun fan. Uh, no, same. Yeah, that's just a regional acqu- accusa- uh, accusation. <laughs> don't to, don't, yeah, don't yeah. mind him. Don't mind. <laughs> I'm trying to be professional, man. Sorry. <laughs> but another question I want to ask, though, and 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 is the looking at the AFC South. Uh, many are jumping on the Colts bandwagon with the yeah. addition of longtime Chargers quarterback Philip Rivers, who we all know too damn well in Kansas City, along with the Titans, who have climbed who climbed all the way to the 2019 AFC Championship on the back of Derek John Henry. Where do you see the Texans fitting in when it comes to the divisional race? I'm always tell you this, and maybe it's a fault. I believe in coaching and quarterback when it comes to to the NFL and football. First off, you know Phil Rivers like I do. He's throwing punts. He's throwing picks. All you got to do is catch him. All right, everybody is is giving themselves. Oh, he's got this new offensive line, and he's got these. Okay. Go watch go watch that Mexico City game against the Chiefs last year. Remember those punts Phil was throwing in the middle of the field. So I, I, I'm not concerned with Phil. And I don't think Mary Poppins is going to occur again with the Tennessee <laughs> Titans when you have Ryan Tannehill who's winning playoffs games and, and completing 87 yards. All right, I think you give the league a full year to watch that offense with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry it's I I can't see them replicating that again. You got Deshaun Watson and you got Bill O'Brien. And as much as people want to talk about Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien's been there six years. And four out of the six years, he's won the division. And five out of the six years, he's had a winning record. 
you put him up against those 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 guys. Jacksonville's obviously quitting. You put him up against those guys with Deshaun Watson. I I, I just I don't I I I don't love the fuss about the Colts and the and the and the Titans. And it's it's no it's nothing about me being there all the time seeing the Texans. Just Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, Philip Rivers. Who you got winning the division? I'm sorry, Gardner Minshew. I don't need to get <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, no need. Well, I think it's safe to say that 2020 as a whole has been insane with the pandemic alone. No, oh, yeah. But, but Ronnie, you know even better than I do that there's been far more tragedy than the virus in, in our society has had to endure as a whole. And we've seen the other leagues like the NBA, the MLB, the MLS, NHL, and WNBA unite and express their solidarity against racism and police brutality by even boycotting games. Ronnie, if you could, give me your thoughts on how you've seen this handled by the leagues and how, how do you expect to see the NFL handle it and do you expect them to follow suit in some regard? Well, I think it's safe to say, and I'm, I'm sure you guys probably have, have talked through this and thought through this, something's going to happen September 10th. Right. There, there's going to be some demonstration, something. I don't think there will be a boycott. I don't think they're going to walk out uh, financially. That could be a, a real tough thing for the players, but something's going to occur, especially when you look at the players that are on the field. Uh, Kenny Stills for the Texans is that there's, I mean, there may not be anybody in the NFL that's been more into this. He got arrested in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, boycotting or standing out and trespassing um, the, the mayor's um, front lawn. So he's pretty, pretty deep into it. And then Tyron Matthews been very vocal. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson have both been on the videos. Something is going to happen. Bill O'Brien has said he would take a knee and has been very, very vocal about his thoughts about uh, racial inequality, including the owner, Cal McNair, has come out and said we have to, as used the words, we have to stop um, lying about ourselves that 400 years of slavery and all of that stuff. Like they've been very, very vocal on this. Something's going to happen um, September 10th. I'm just not sure. We had Jim Trotter on who covers uh, the NFL, NFL network is really, really uh, deep into this. And he said he's had hall of fame level players who said they were, they had real thoughts of sitting the season out because they feel like that is the best way to accomplish change. Um, he says he doesn't. He would be shocked to see if if they would there would be kind of a boycott or a walkout for many players, but um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. I think Roger Goodell and the NFL are going to be smart and try to work with the players and get out in front with them to try to come together and do something with them so they don't lose that audience. That would be my guess. Who's winning at Arrowhead on September tenth, Ron? I'm, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Um, I I just told you, quarterback and coach, when I talked about the division. So I'm not going to sit here and then say that they got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who obviously they have the coach and quarterback advantage. So I, I would go there. Um, but I think it's going to be a really good matchup. The, um, the Texans offense, if they're healthy, and I would assume week one they'll be healthy, the Texans offense – you start to look at this, and then you start to think about that secondary for the Chiefs now that Rashad Breeland has done what he's done. Good God almighty, that rap sheet. I mean, that list of 
the things that he did in South Carolina. If he's suspended from the game, you start to look at that secondary and they're going to go four wides at time and have Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb out there at the same time. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but in the end, I can't go against Andy and Pat Mahomes. Final question for you tonight, Ronnie. And again, you know, you know, I have nothing but love for you, and I'm so glad you're here tonight, man. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I feel like time. there's a butt coming here. I oh, feel well, like there's well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's it's one of those questions where I know it's gonna be but, tough for you. Yeah. But <laughs> how hard has it been for you to have to settle for Texas barbecue, knowing it'll never be like back home in KC? Give me some honesty here. Uh, uh, oh man, I've gotten to fights. <laughs> Here. Violence is the um, answer, yeah. And and I'll tell them, like, listen, I'm, I'm not someone that, but there's just some people, like, I'll get in arguments with people, oh, you're from Kansas City, their barbecue sucks. Listen, <laughs> you you may be from Texas your whole life and prefer Texas barbecue, and I don't get it, but you know it doesn't suck, right? You know, Texas barbecue, they do really well with the brisket as, as normal, but overall, I prefer LCs, I prefer Gates, Preach. I prefer... My 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 guys, Z Man will do me right. Jones. I sent some guy from um from Houston. He was uh doing some work in uh in Overland Park, sent him down um I don't know what the hell they call it. I call it Oklahoma Joe's. They Jones. sent sent him down there. He got a Z Man, took care of him. Um but you no, know, it's it's cool, it's good. Like they got mad at me because I put gate sauce on the barbecue <laughs> that I got here. And uh Hey, hey, I'm hey, I'm Kansas City. I'm Kansas City. It's, it's, you, ain't gonna, you ain't gonna trick me. It's I like, woke up smelling LC's barbecue. Dare I say that Texas barbecue is Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes' Kansas City barbecue? I'll do, <laughs> I'll do that. You'll play along? Okay, fair enough. I might, I might, I might, I might go. Maybe, maybe Texas barbecue is, is, is maybe. Who's somebody solid? Like like Terod Taylor, I think Deshaun's a little too too good. Maybe Carson Wentz or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. One. Maybe Carson Wentz. It'll get yeah. the job done, but it'll hobble out every once in a while off the plate. Yeah, it'll it'll get a... <laughs> I don't hate Texas barbecue. Hey, you can follow my guy on Twitter at Real Ron the Show. Uh, right. he, he is one of my favorite. I'm serious, guys. He is one of my favorite guys in media. Not just not just because he's from Kansas City, but this dude tells it as it is, as you can clearly see from this entire segment. Um, I always take what he says seriously, even if it has nothing to do with anything I'm interested in. I always love to hear it because I know it's well thought out, and I know this guy takes his shit seriously. So, and 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 we all miss him here in Kansas City. I think that goes without say. Um, and I know there's a ton of people in Kansas City that still support Ron and still would love to hear Ron's takes on all things sports. So, Ron, if you'd be so kind, please let them let the people know. Uh, how, can, how can they listen to your show? Where can they listen to it? What time to listen to your show? It's easy, man. You can download the radio.com app and go to Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And um, Clint Sterner in the show, name of the show. We're on from 2 to 6 every day. You can listen to the podcast all the time. You follow me at Real Ron the Show. I'll, I'll um, retweet some of our, our stuff and we have good conversations and you won't believe how much Kansas city comes up uh, in, in that city. For some reason, our cities are in, intertwined from the Royals and Astros in 2015, that series to the Texans and chiefs who've been playing a lot. So, so yeah, man, we, uh, we have a good time and, and uh, we definitely going to have a good time uh, this week, getting ready for, uh, for this game Thursday. That's the show guys, Ron, the show Hughley, 
Ron, you are the absolute best, man. And thank you sincerely so much for taking the time to be Thanks, with bro. us tonight, man. It means the absolute best, the most to us, right. man. I appreciate you, Phyllis. Sure, man. All right, Trevor, man, why you got that hat on, man? I know you got that good hair. Got that Ric Flair action going on, that nature boy over here. I got 16 months. My boy LeBron, man, I did this on the air the other day. I know y'all just sent me off, but I'm going to get this off. <laughs> no, you're good. Take it. This on the air the other day, man, I, I said I, we all need to come together with LeBron and just all get our hair shaved. Inter with, intervention time, so man. Intervention so time. he don't feel like he got to do it by himself. Yeah, we need to throw that pillow across the living room and be like, well, LeBron, it's yeah, your man. turn. It's your turn, yeah, man. man. That man was sitting there for the uh, the national anthem. <laughs> it looked like Look like the Nile River. <laughs> Let it go, bro. Let it go. All right. <laughs> Ron, you're the best, man. Thank you so much, man. All right, man. That was Ron, the show, Hughley. You guys can follow him. Guys, like I said, real real Ron the show on Twitter. He's like, we want people on here. They're going to tell you how it is. And in, uh, Ron's one of those guys I would have on every single week, just like we talk about with Darren Smith. Those are the guys you want on your shows, man. They're authentic, and they'll give you the real, man. Even if you don't agree with it, they're going to tell you exactly how they feel and what, how they see it. So I uh, really appreciate him, and please don't follow him, guys. He is, he's, he's an awesome dude. So we're going to take a quick break because we need to make some time for our listeners, to our viewers, the people out there that help take care of us here at The Spoken. We're going to open up the Monday mailbag. Yeah, I know things are a little bit different right now. The show's a little bit off, but you know what, guys? That's 2020, and we got to be prepared because football's here. So we're going to open up the Monday mailbag before we get to our official NFL 2020 season predictions. We'll get back to that after this. to sing this song. Here's the mail it never fails it makes me wanna wag my tail when it comes I wanna will Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Mr. Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And Miss Gat on the ones and twos. Guys, it has been a fun night so far. I think that's the first time we've started off a, a, an episode with um, the interview or the segment side of things with our guests. And it was it was fun, man, because like I said, Ron is one of those guys that I know I'm going to get an honest answer from him. Him being in Houston, the Chiefs are starting the season off with the Texans. It just made so much sense. I hit him up a few weeks ago uh, talking about, man, we got to get you on the show. And he's been graceful enough to give us his time. And, man, what, what more can we say, man? You guys def definitely be following him because I, I definitely miss Ron here in Kansas City. That dude was an absolute gym in sports radio here. I really wish we could have uh, valued him more, needless to say, but uh, I wish him nothing but the best out there in Houston. We will have him on the show very shortly, guys. I promise you that. It, according to his predictions, the Houston Texans are going to make the damn playoffs, so maybe they'll be coming back to Arrowhead this year. We don't, I mean, who knows, guys, what's going to happen, but uh, for all the listeners, for all the live streamers, the YouTubers, and our podcasters, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us, dipshits, for a Friday night, man. We got so much going on in the world of sports. And this is my favorite show of the year. We've only done this now twice. It is our annual official NFL yep, yep. season prediction show. And I know there's other things we got to do, 
But that is the centerpiece of what we're doing tonight, and I cannot wait to get to that. But more importantly, we need to get to you guys, the ones that make this whole thing what it is. It's the Monday Mailbag. Eddie, what is going on in the Monday Mailbag this week? What are the people talking about? All right. First question comes from uh, Ever Ernesto. Uh, Should Anthony Smith go to Bellator? Ooh, um, well, the problem with... I think he's going to retire, personally. Um, he, his legs are shot. He's even talked about, what was it, a couple weeks after his last fight, he was still using crutches. Um, he's fought at least 40 times, I want to say, professionally. If, if Bellator wants him and he, he feels he can physically do it, then yeah. But I don't know if he's got it. I don't know if he's got anything left, man. I'd be really hard-pressed to see if he had anything left in that body to... Because I know he's the type of guy that wants to contend. He doesn't want to just fight. I think he wants to try to fight for belts. Yeah. I don't think he's got enough left in him. I don't want to doubt him because, like I said, this dude's been around forever. But I, I don't see it happening, to be honest. I'll just say no. Yeah, it's hard for me to answer these kind of questions for someone else because what, what I, right. I don't know what's best for them and what's, what they think is best for them in their mind and their body. But like you alluded to, he's, he's, his body has been has taken a lot of beatings. So um, he's got a lot of miles um, I think he should just, you know, like like Lance said, hang him up. You know, call it a career. He's had a good one. Um, but as a fan, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight again. You know, but and it depends. You know, he's a passionate, competitive guy, and like you said, he wants to he wants to have impactful fights, big fights, not just you know, jobber fights. So, um, yeah, I think he should hang him up. But it's hard, for, like I said, it's hard for me to to really have my opinion mean anything when it comes down to you know what's best for someone another individual. So. It's really whatever he decides and what's best for him. I don't think he should, though. Okay. Uh, next question comes from uh, Shaggy Shane Williams. With the epic disappointment that veteran presence McCoy was last season, when he was added to KC in early September, do you see the Chiefs attempting to sign Shady if he is released this weekend from Tampa Bay because of their acquisition of Leonard Fournette? No, I, I don't right now. Um... But we've seen stranger things happen. Uh, you see guys that, that aren't really uh, big-time X-factors, if you will, guys that, that make ultimate differences come and go on teams year in and year out. Um, I, I don't see it happening just because I think that if the – I don't feel like the Chiefs are going to revisit that situation because I don't think Shady was that good here in Kansas City. I think he started off well, but I don't think he was that good overall. Uh, he was hurt a lot, and he fumbled the ball surprisingly a lot for a guy that didn't fumble a lot at all in his career. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening because I don't think the Chiefs are going to have uh, a true deficiency at, at the running back position, even though they lost Damian Williams. I think that the Chiefs are going to be just fine with Clyde and, and the, the collection of running backs in the stable that they have right now. I think they're happy with where they're at, and I don't think unless unless a couple guys drop, unless they have a couple injuries, I don't see Shady being the guy. And quite frankly, I don't even know if he'd be the number one name because as we talked earlier today, Eddie, I would really like I would entertain Adrian Peterson. Because of the fact that oh, he's yeah. got still, I think he's better than Shady right now. And even though he's like five oh, years younger or five years older, it's not even a question. Yeah, he's like four or five years older than Shady, but I think he's a more effective running back right now. And if he he would fit perfectly on third downs, third and shorts, goal, line. goal yep. lines. Like he would be that perfect guy. I would like to entertain that one. I think that Adrian's going to go somewhere else. But if we're going to talk about veteran running backs to sign, it'd be AP for me. 
So, so is Shady not on the... Oh, he's there. It's a scenario that Shaggy's asking if he was to get Leonard cut. Yeah. yeah, Which and, I do expect him to get cut. And Ronald, what's his name? Uh, Ronald Jones or... Uh, uh, yeah, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, yeah. yeah. Rojo is the starter. He's named the starter. So Shady's getting no touches at all. So yeah, he's going to be, he's gonna be special fourth, teams. Yeah, at, at best. I, 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 I do expect him to get cut. I just don't... I don't I don't think he has much in a, much left, to be honest. I think he kind of – he's had a good career, been a solid player. But just from what I saw last year, I just don't – I don't. I'm not expecting much from him. And if he, he'll get picked up somewhere, I'm sure. He's yeah. a big name. But he's still the, decent. I don't think the Chiefs have any real reason. Outside of the connection between him and Andy Reid, I don't, there's not really much of a reason. We already have a pretty loaded uh, running back room. So Now, let me clarify. If, if the Chiefs were to land LaShawn, yeah. I'm not going to be pissed about it because I think to – No, I think but if we Sh- pass on AP to get him, I would be pissed yeah, because yeah. I, would, I would much rather have AP. I think the, I think the question is fair. You know, yeah, no, would, no, no, would no. you sign him again? I think that's absolutely fair to say. It's a good question. It's just yeah. – I, right now, I'm not interested. If that I'm guessing it all depends on the situation. Exactly. Right. Like okay. I said, if a, if a couple running backs go down or one running back goes down for the Chiefs for the season, well, he's got to get cut first. You obviously, yeah, right. you, and exactly. That's when we begin this. And I know that Shaggy's on his way to Tampa, so he's probably trying to get some intel for us. So Shaggy, please let me know, man, what you got when you get down there. <laughs> sure. All right. Next question comes from uh, Donnie Couch. Uh, there he is. There Donnie. he is. <laughs> Hey guys, and the two bag bones of the show, Lance and Eddie, thank you, appreciate it. Trevor the Hype Man, and Gat the Overseer. I like the name. If the Jags tank for Trevor Lawrence, are there any quick trades that Brett Veach could get from Jacksonville like he did with Carlos Hyde last year? I think one of their linebackers could fit well on this defense. Ooh, uh... I know he doesn't want Miles Jack, I made that pretty clear. Yeah, that that team is pretty deficient <laughs> of talent across the board. Um... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see that happen. I don't see because I know obviously Brett Veach. Whenever he's doing a doing a trade, it's always to let's be real, fleece the opponent. Of course, um, we saw what he did with the football well, team, having a fire with the Washington sale. football team when he got Kendall Fuller. Yeah, there's a fire sale going on in Jacksonville. He, so, he yeah. fleeced that team. Oh and no so, doubt. Yeah, I, I think Jacksonville. What they're looking for right now is top commodities. Obviously, they're they're tanking this season. I don't care what what Doug Marone says. I, I don't care. Yeah. They are tanking this season. They're trying to lose every single game. They're trying to get Trevor Lawrence or or, or uh, uh, what's the what's the other quarterback's name? Um, Lands. Um, yeah, anyway, Trevor uh, Lawrence is their only guy. Right. right he, now, I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna be the number one pick. My point though is too. is that yeah, you're gonna be trading with teams that are trying to uh, gain draft picks. I don't think the Chiefs are there yet. I think the Chiefs are still in a very much win now mode. So they're gonna be adding free agents. They're gonna be trying to add guys that already are playing football at this time. Uh, I, I don't see I don't see Miles Jack being moved. I, I mean I don't think the Jags even as bad as they are trying to move off of him. No way. So yeah, that's the only piece that I would be in, even interested in at this point on that roster. So I don't see I don't see any acquisitions or moves between the Chiefs and Jaguars this I mean, offseason. I mean, granted, when when you know a team is absolutely in tank mode, you can you can get their players for the cheapest you know amount ever because everyone knows what you're doing. So there's no way they have leverage in any in any way. So. The Chiefs could definitely, and I, man, if they could find a way to, to fleece them and get Miles Jack, I would love to have a nasty guy, like another guy, you know, to add to this to this defense like Miles Jack, uh, especially with the irony of, with the history and the, and the dirtiness that he brought, you know, last time we played them. Uh, it would be, it would be nice to have a guy like that with that kind of energy. But outside of that, I don't. There's not many unless we can find another, you know, usable corner because we need some corners right now to throw in, in the mix, you know, with so with suspensions and uh, you know looming. Um, outside of that, yeah, there's nothing. Jacksonville's roster is pretty depleted, man. All right. Donnie Couch's next question is, are the Chargers cursed? 
That's not a question. That's I mean, it That's is a universal question. fact. It's a it's a rhetorical question <laughs> because they absolutely are. Yeah. I mean, you, go ask their three fans. They'll all agree. They'll say yes that they absolutely are cursed. Derwin and James, man. Sucks. I mean, just I mean, look, they may not have a Super Bowl trophy in their case, but their all time IR team is one of the most loaded teams of all time. They would probably beat the 85 Bears. Let me just put it like that. That that if Their injured roster. reserve roster is superb, man. You can put that up against the freaking eight, like 90s Cowboys, and they might run them. Yeah, so, if there was a, yeah, there was a, yeah, a Hall of Fame for that, they definitely have a lot of Hall of Famers. Good Lord, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and in all seriousness, though, like, I do feel bad because Derwin James... And we, we can single him out because he's by far their best player on the defensive side at this point. Like, okay. I mean, obviously, Ingram one of the best and, in the league, and, and Bosa are there, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Derwin James is one of the greatest safeties in the NFL. And, and just another I still unfortunate like their defense break, year, I still like their defense. But that's always the story with the Chargers. They have this yeah. good roster. Well, Bosa can't stay healthy. Their coach doesn't yeah. suck. Right. They just always underachieve. And it's yeah. because of these things. So, yes, even if the in- injuries aside, yeah. they're an underachieving franchise. I mean, you go look at that team. I think it was in uh, 06 or 08. Was it 08, I believe, when uh, they went 14-2 with Marty Schottenheimer. That yeah. team was primed and ready to beat the Patriots. They, I think they had home field advantage. And they found a way to lose that game. And they have not been back since. They haven't won the division in, what, 10 years? Or nine, 11 years? 11, 12 years they At haven't least, won the division? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that franchise is fucked, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it might have been the Marty curse, to be honest. They fired him after a 14-2 and two season. Oof. Explain that logic to me, because I can't. All right. Next question. Uh, with the market for Clowney slowly decreasing into nothing, does he find a suitor or does he wait until next year? I have a bad feeling the Pats could get him, and that's scary. No, let me let me let me ease his fear real quick. Anywhere Clowney goes is not going to make that team that much more fearful because I don't even know how much Clowney really wants to play football. Yeah. That's the question we have to ask here: is what's his want? Does he really want to play football? Or is he just trying to get that fat cash? Because to me, a guy that wants to play football so badly in the prime of his life. I feel like would have already found a team. Now, I'm not going to sit here and criticize a man who wants to get his money, but at some point, when we're talking a week from the season beginning, you've got to prioritize some things here. And I feel like he's had multiple offers. The Browns have offered. The, the, I know the Seahawks said they're not interested now, but I, guess, I think that's because their low-based incentive contract they offered him wasn't what he wanted, which I understand. But eventually, you're going to have to give yourself an opportunity to play. I do believe that by the season's beginning, Clowney will be on a roster. Yeah. But does he make a difference? No. At least not for the first month or two because he's going to have to figure out where he fits on that team. And Clowney in himself is not an elite player, not even a top-tier player. He's a very average player. He had the hype coming into the league, which I understand. Had some injuries. Had some injuries, and ever since then he's never really peaked. And he had all the opportunities in the world standing next to J.J. Watt, who we all know was going to get the bulk of the attention. And he still couldn't succeed. Then goes to Seattle, plays around by Bobby Wagner and that incredible defense, and still couldn't get the job done at an elite level. I don't believe in him. I don't think it matters where he goes. But to answer your question, he will be on a roster. Yeah, he'll he'll be on a roster. If this feels like a Raiders signing, though, it feels like someone's going to wait around and the Raiders going to snag him, you know, and pay him, and then he's going to get hurt or you know somehow bust with the Raiders. It just this feels like something the Raiders would reach for. This, this is what they always do. It's either try to snag an old player from the Chiefs or you know overreach on a free agent that's not really worthy of the money. Um, he he's good. He's obviously 
well good enough to be on a roster and he much is much deserved to be on a roster he's a good player he's just not the player that i think he thinks he is and he's trying to get as much money as he can before his his career starts trending towards an end um i've always liked him you know he's a, he's a good player when he's healthy but it's just that's the question you know where is he gonna land i know he wants to play for a, a contender I, it, the best spot for him was seattle and i think he should try to stick around there if, it, if i was him because um, i think that's a true contender this year um but yeah, I don't know, man. It's hard to predict where he's going to go because I know there's been four or five offers I heard from different teams. Um, yeah, who knows? Honestly, I'm not going to sit here and try to guess where he lands, but I know he wants to play for a contender, so that's what I'm, I'm looking for. I'm looking for a contender. So, you know, Cowboys, uh, just staying in Seattle, you know, maybe, you know, I, there, I have no – I don't think the Chiefs have any intention of trying to, you know, throw a bone his way or anything like that. So he wants his money. He's, gonna, he's probably going to get it somewhere, but – Good luck to him, man. That's all I can say. All right. Next question. Donnie Couch again. Has there ever been a player to average 50% from the field, 50, 50% from three, and 90% from free throws and lose a playoff series? Because that just that's just what Donovan, Donovan Mitchell did. To answer your question, no. He's the first player yeah. to ever do that. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I would say... Outside of a LeBron James Finals, put up the greatest performance we've ever seen in a losing effort in playoff history against the uh, Nuggets. Um, my heart really does go out to Donovan Mitchell because you saw his emotions seeping through the moment that game ended where Mike Conley's shot, which was halfway down, rattles out. Man. How deflating that was for that Jazz team because if we're going to be honest here, no one gave the Jazz real credit in that. 3-1, man. Most people thought the Nuggets were going to roll in that series. I said before the playoffs even began that the Jazz were going to start slipping. They were going to start slipping into the playoffs, and I thought they were going to be a bottom seed. The Jazz went out there and fought and fought and fought, and again, probably should have won that series at one point. They just did not have the dogs. They didn't have enough. The Nuggets were just, at the end of the day, the better team, and no matter what Donovan Mitchell could do or did do, it wasn't enough. And my heart goes out to him because I, I, I've seen great players like that before give it their all, and it just did not matter, man. And he had an historic, historic series. He, he needs to get – he needs to garner a lot of praise for that one. Yeah, I think I – think, I still think the Jazz are missing another piece as far as, like, another wing scorer to go alongside uh, Donovan. Donovan, him and Jamal Murray both emerged as, as true stars in this league in that series. That was, uh, that was awesome to watch. One of the best – some of the most entertaining basketball I've ever watched in my entire life. Um, and I've watched an unhealthy amount of basketball, especially playoffs basketball. So that was um, the two teams, you know, that weren't the sexiest teams in the playoffs. You know, they don't, they don't, but they do have good deep rosters. But a lot of times, tend to be mediocre teams. That was one of the best, most entertaining series ever, as far as a seven-game series goes. But yeah, all, all love to Donovan Mitchell, man, and Rudy Gobert. Those guys both played their hearts out. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they'll bounce back. I think he, if the best thing, hopefully, he bounces back and uses that as motivation to come back next year, which I fully do believe he will. Um, I feel, still think he's growing and emerging as a, as a star in this league. So, I, I do think the better team won. They proved that to come, you know, to win three straight games to come back in that series. So I do think I do believe Denver was the better team there. But yeah, those stats are insane. Those percentages, those shooting percentages are insane. Ninety plus percent from the free throw line is insane. Yeah, I mean, if he can continue that kind of trajectory in his in his career, and they get him another piece or two in, in Utah, they can become a true contender soon. So much love to Donovan Mitchell, man. All right, next question, Johnny Couch again. With the Lakers looking to add another primary ball handler, there has been a lot of talks about Victor Oladipo if the Lakers trade for him. Does that make them better? 
and what would the Lakers have to give up for him? Oh, well, just from the the first question, yes, it absolutely does. Victor Oladipo is one of the more underrated players in the NBA. Especially defenders. He's been forgotten for two reasons, because of the fact that he had played in OKC and Indiana, which are both very small market teams uh, that have not contended for some time, and the fact that he's been injured, uh, had suffered, I believe it was a quad tear, yeah. Uh, a year ago, and he's just now really coming back from that. That's a severe injury. and uh, But, yeah, to answer, Oladipo, I think, is 28 years old, 27, 28 years old, uh, a very underrated player, an incredible ball handler, a, a guy who can go out and give, give you 25 a night if he wants to, and a lockdown defender. Perfect. To answer your question, there is no question Oladipo would make this team, which is already, in my opinion, the best team in the West, even better. And I think they would absolutely put themselves in a, in a, in a, in a dynastic Position if they were to land Oladipo. Yeah, I mean, if we're talk, we were just talking about before the show about or during the, the first segment about Avery Bradley and or before the show we talked about Avery, how Avery Bradley is missed on this Lakers team, which he a- absolutely is, and he makes this team better when he's on it. I mean, now we're talking about a guy that's here or two above Avery Bradley and, and, and Victor Oladipo, who's a, kind of an Avery Bradley on steroids. Um, he's a go get a, a go get a bucket type of guy. He's a good defender, legitimate defender when he's healthy. Um, one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. So if they, they can add that to the roster without giving up too much, which I don't think they would have to give up too much right now because he's coming off a major injury, didn't perform very well this year. Um, yeah, I mean, that would just be an absolute great piece in addition to LeBron. And that, that would be another guy that LeBron definitely would uh, welcome with, with wide open arms. So, yeah, I, I, and I can definitely see that happening as well. So, yeah. Also, before we get to our next question, I do want to add that, because uh, this is a live stream, so the podcasters will be a little bit behind on this, obviously. The Bucks are now down 0-3 against the Heat. Budenholzer, wow. the head coach for uh, the Bucks, played Giannis for less than 40 minutes in a must-win game. Wow. I think Budenholzer should lose his job straight up for the way he's handled this whole situation. I know you want to rest your star player in the season to have him ready to be able to play both sides on an elite level in, in the playoffs. I don't know if Budenholzer noticed this is the playoffs and you are the number one seed and you're about to get swept in the second round. There's no excuse for that. He should lose his job, especially if they're trying to keep Giannis, which they won't be able to. Wow. Just a little update. Jimmy Butler. Ball. Oh, yeah. All right. Dang. Next question. Donnie Couch again. Which Chiefs personnel coach would you extend after Andy Reid and Brett, and Brett Beach get, uh, got locked up? My personal pick would be cap specialist Brent Tillis because he's a genius. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, you. I mean, that job. You're you're basically an accountant. Like you are <laughs> a guy that has to crunch numbers constantly. The pressure because we we look at all like the the cool things Andy Reid and Brett Veach get to do when they're like signing. You know, they're they're you know shaking hands with the player and they're sitting there taking the pictures and stuff like that. But Tillis, guys like Tillis are the ones that have to do all the real hard work. And if you ask guys like Reid and Veach, they would all agree with this. These guys make their jobs that much easier. They do the majority of the leg work. And so if, if you have a guy like Tillis who is able to do <laughs> we joke about it, $177, and the Chiefs had the greatest offseason I think a team has ever had in the history of sports, mm. that tells you something about his value and his worth. And he being Brett, Brett Tillis, or I'm sorry, his first name is, yeah, I think it's Brett Tillis, uh, to be able to have that type of, uh, of wherewithal with your team and to be able to crunch the numbers like he did. I mean, everyone's asking around the league, how did they do this? You know, they, eventually they're going to have to, you know, lose this player or that player. But the beautiful thing is they orchestrated this to where the Chiefs can have these guys and still go on to sign other players in the next few years with Patrick Mahomes' lack of a cap it until 2027. 
I mean, that's unbelievable to see the dead money not even really hit towards Patrick's numbers until six, seven years from now. And we don't even know what this team will look like in that time. We could have a whole other plethora of young stars on this roster by that time. So, yeah, I, I think I think Donnie is nailing it on that one. There is nobody else top to bottom I think I would rather have right now to, to prolong their career in Kansas City than Tillis. How long do we have him here? Do you know? What is his contract? I like? don't know if they disclose that type of stuff yeah. when it comes to his people in the uh, in the brass area. Right. You know, I don't office type yeah. stuff. Yeah, they don't really give you much details. So I'm I'm just gonna kind of bypass that because I think we already know we he's how valuable he's shown to be. Yeah, I'm just gonna say Spags. I think it's a no brainer that Spags would be the next guy as far as like a coaching staff guy. Sure. You know, uh, I just from what he did year one, man, and his track record of, of being you know stepping into a new program year one. And winning championships. This is the the second time he's won a championship. His first year joining a roster. He right. did that in New York his first year, and then he did it in Kansas City his first year. That's he's the only coach ever to do that. You know, so that that just proves his value. And I think the guys in the locker room have just rallied around him completely and fully bought into his system. And I think he has a great, you know, relationship with all these guys. And the meshing of the of the locker room with, with the defensive side has just just changed over drastically over one year. So I think. Uh, the value he brings is irreplaceable at this moment with our defense, and I would love to see that continue alongside with Coach Reed for the next four, four or five years of their contract. So that would be my guy moving forward. All right. Uh, his next question, I'm going to save it for uh, for the end uh, of the Monday mailbag. Okay. So we're going to move on. Uh, next question comes from Stephen York. Uh, how do you think the college football season will go this year with only three of the of the Power Five conferences playing? Oh, it's going to be clanky. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, just to be totally transparent, I have no idea what to expect. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we don't know. Even with times. Yeah, even with the conferences that are going to play, are they going to finish their seasons? Um, and this is one of those unique situations where you can make a valid argument that this champion won't be a legitimate champion because you don't have all of the teams playing, and you will have teams that miss out on an opportunity of legitimately playing for a title. So, that, so college football in particular is one of those sports that you can raise that question. And then it raises the other questions. Is it therefore worth it? Now, obviously, on the money side, it's always going to be worth it. These teams are always going to want to make their money. These, these conferences, these schools, the boosters, all these other people, they're going to want their money. That's the driving force here. That's why they're still playing. But on the competitive side of things, this does make things feel a little watered down of sorts because some programs are more prepared than others. Um, some programs won't play at all, and we're going to see a lot of these opt-outs. I mean, that's the, that's the part we got to pay attention to the most is the opt-out side of things. All these star players that know they're going to get drafted early, they're not going to play. So then you have to ask the question with Trevor Lawrence, if they were to play, would he play? You know, that's the question you got to ask yourself in all this. So yeah. it's, it's just, like I said, clanky. I, I, it's going to be unpredictable. It's going to be chaotic, and I'm here for all of it, man, because that, is, that just defines our entire year as a whole. Yeah, I just don't know if it's even going to be able to finish. I, I, like, even Ron was talking about, you know, they've already canceled one game. You know, they're already, you know, it's just, I, I just see that becoming a trend. I don't know if I trust, no offense to these young guys, but I just don't know if I trust these young guys to be responsible with their social distancing, you know, with the college parties and so on and so forth. I just don't know. If I can put you know my trust in these guys to finish this season as students student athletes, because I know if I was in their shoes, it'd be hard for me to do that too. So I don't really know, you know, if it's even going to finish once it gets started. Um, it's going to be messy. Uh, I mean, I'll try to watch the games. It's going to be weird having you know so many different teams not playing and not being out there that we're you know that we're, no, we're used to seeing. 
Um, but if the games play, they should be entertaining. It should be, if it should, you know, have some kind of normalcy to it. But it, it, this this whole year is just it's been so bizarre and unprecedented, no doubt. So um, we'll see, man. It's kind of a wait and see approach that I'm taking with it. So uh, it's definitely going to be odd and, and off. The rhythm is going to be off. It's going to be messy, and I'm not certain that it's going to finish. If I'm being honest. All right, next question. Uh, Brian Herbert is our next question. Uh, so do you think? So do we take Miko off the uh, off the uh, hands team after dropping his Super Bowl ring? <laughs> I think it was funny. Uh, that was, dude, that, 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 that bit was great. I mean, Eddie, I think you and I watched that a few, at least a few times, man. We were sitting there chatting it up in the office, man. That, yeah, the timing that, was funny. It was, dude. And he, then he goes to the camera and is like, y'all got that? Yeah. Yo, yo. Like, you know, you know who didn't catch what? You didn't catch the ring. That's what. <laughs> so, uh, no, I mean, in all seriousness, McColl's going to be one of those guys that I think they absolutely want on the field. So there's ring dropped or not, I don't think that dude's going to be dropping a lot of footballs. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, cannot wait to see that guy take the next step, and I do expect him to take the next step this year. All right. So, no, keep him around, please. <laughs> please. Yes. <laughs> next question, uh, Brian Herbert. Uh, let's say Matt Nagy gets fired this season, and after our Super Bowl defense, Coach Eric Bieniemy leaves to coach another team. Do you think Andy Reid would bring Nagy back as the offensive coordinator? Uh, on, on the first side of this, I don't believe Matt Nagy is going to get fired. I think he's actually pretty safe right now. Um, because of the fact, for what you just stated, that, that this man has offensive prowess. He's insanely intelligent. And I think that because of the fact that he wasn't the one that chose Mitchell Trubisky, he kind of has that card to play with. Uh, he's not. That's not my guy. That's why they went and signed Nick Foles to money they didn't really have to offer a backup quarterback, uh, which Nick Foles will be taking over in the near future. I know that the Bears just announced today, or just uh, I think less than 30 minutes ago, yeah. that, that M- Mitch Trubisky is their quarterback for week one. That'll be short-lived. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to get fired, no matter what the record will indicate this year. I think he's pretty safe, at least for another year. Now, would I take him back when Eric Bieniemy is gone? When Eric Bieniemy takes that Jets job next season? When Adam Gates gets his ass the fuck out of New York? Yes! Because Matt Nagy, again, is one of the smartest offensive minds in the entire NFL. So if you compare him back with Andy Reid, Mike Kafka is the quarterback's coach, and, I mean, yeah, that's a trifecta for the, for the ages, man. So with Patrick Mahomes with another year under his belt with this offense, that you're talking about a dream-come-true scenario. So, yes, if Nagy was to get fired, I would hope that his first job back in the NFL would be with the Chiefs again. Yeah, uh, gladly would, open, would welcome that guy back with open arms for sure. Um him being a Reed guy, obviously he would fall right back into place. Um, I definitely don't think he's getting fired. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a, I think he's making out to be a good head coach. And once he gets rid of the, the, the dead weight that is Mitchell Trubisky, I think he'll move forward. And he has a, a very good roster over there in Chicago. Still, just needs it needs the most important piece. It needs a legitimate quarterback. You know, man, at least a game manager because Mitchell Trubisky is not even that at this point in his career. Um, like I, I do believe he will lose his job more than likely this year. Nick Foles is the better quarterback. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't believe Mitchell will make it past week three. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any risk of him losing his job. I, that wasn't his guy. You know, I think he'll have a. I think once they they shit the bed again this season and they have a losing record, they'll have a better chance at you know snagging maybe another quarterback this come upcoming draft, and maybe you know work on a future there. But for right now, I don't, I don't foresee him losing his job in Chicago at all. All right. Um, next question comes from Brian, uh, Brian Herbert again. Uh, just a heads up, Brian. You, don't ask these kind of questions, especially to 
uh, these guys. Uh, these die hard, uh, biased opinion. Bias, bias, uh, bias opinion, uh, opinionated guys. Get to the question, Eddie. <laughs> Jeez, I, I honestly, I don't even want to ask it because I already know well, the answer. Well, too bad he asked the question. Ask him. <laughs> so after the three-one comeback and the Murray versus Mitchell epic battle, do you oh, think shit. this momentum can push the Denver past the Lakers? Denver, Denver, the Denver Nuggets have passed the Lakers. The Lakers, uh, Clippers. Oh, past the Clippers. Oh. Clippers, Lakers. No, both, uh, both Clippers and then Lakers. No, absolutely not. Uh, look, the Nuggets. I'm going to give them. I and I gave them a ton of credit. They came back three one, but they came back three one against a team they should never been down three one against. The Jazz are not better than the Nuggets. Yes, Donovan Mitchell is having a historic series, but the Nuggets are the clear cut better team. Mm. They should not have been down to an elimination game three straight times. So, if I'm doing my math correctly, the Clippers and the Lakers are the two best teams in the West, correct? Okay. I have a hard time believing that if the Nuggets are down 3-1 against those two teams, they're not winning that series. Mm -hmm. So, no offense to the Nuggets, no offense to the question, but absolutely not. The Nuggets have more more to prove than any of these teams that are still available in the Western Conference, in my opinion, because they're the only team right now that doesn't have what I would consider... The, the the breathtaking superstar. I know Jamal Murray's turning into that, and I know Jokic is a damn good player. He's a top-tier player, but the Nuggets, to me, are the, the least scary team of the Western Conference teams remaining. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, all, all, all respect to Coach Malone, who I love. All respect to that roster. That It's no. It's a no for me. No. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> well, hey, unless somebody's got some facts that want to battle me on that, I would love to know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everything I just stated was true. I mean, did I make any of that up? No. I mean, I'm that's not, all I'm yeah, saying. I'm not even going to address that. Yeah. <laughs> like, put the Nuggets to get the Rockets. So, I'm taking the Rockets. Don't ever doubt uh, LeBron on don't, the, on take, the Monday Take the Lakers back, even out of the equation. Put them against the Rockets. I'm taking the Rockets in that series. Give me James Harden, Russell Westbrook Give me, a, give me a legitimate reason to doubt LeBron. Then we can talk. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. Oh, oh! Glitched uh, over there. Glitched over there. Keeping your pants up, Mister Yo Yo Yo, with a glitch. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. I don't want to make you cry right now. <laughs> I got. Hey, I got a towel right here. Praise uh, to John Hopkins, baby. Uh, John Tompkins, Tompkins, baby. All right. Next question, uh, Brian Herbert. Oh, he's back. Uh, with Coach Spags and his scheme going into season two, do you think uh, do the Super Bowl champions, uh, champions of the Chiefs, have a top ten defense? Mm. I'm gonna say no. And the reason why, not because they're going to suck. They're not going to suck. They're, they're going to be a very middle-of-the-pack type of defense, which is, you know, I think, a, right above right above average. I'll say they're above average, but they will not be a top-10 defense statistically and in, in just general opinions because of the fact of their secondary. I don't think their secondary is going to be good enough to keep this defense in the top 10. If you look at all the best defenses in the NFL, you have a spread of talent. Whereas you look at the Chiefs, it's all up in the front. And I know the, the safeties are going to be insanely good with Tyron Matthew and, and Juan Thornhill when he gets back. But the secondary as a whole is not great, especially with the suspensions they're dealing with with Bashad Breeland. Uh, I, I expect Charbonnier's War to take that step, but that step still has to be taken. I don't think he's there yet. We've all praised. I've said that I think he's going to be the surprise of the season, but it has to happen first. I don't think they have. I think they have the talent for a top ten defense, in my opinion. I think they have without the talent without question. But again, with the secondary woes and concerns, I think that's going to be what ultimately keeps them. But could I see them being thirteenth, fourteenth? Absolutely. But there is a significant difference between the fourteenth best defense and the tenth best defense, and I think that you will see that over time, where the offense is still the one that wins the majority of the games for the Chiefs. 
not only do I think that they're going to be a top 10 defense, I think they're going to be a top eight defense. And let me tell you why. I think they're going to feast on this division. And how, 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 you know, what exactly do we all measure defenses by? You know, the numbers, the percentages, and how many points allowed pretty much. Um, and I think when they, they face the Raiders twice, they face the Chargers twice, and they face Denver twice. Three teams that are still building something, trying to create something, trying to find an identity, especially offensively with the likes of Derek Carr, maybe possibly losing his job, who knows. Um, and Denver is still trying to find their identity offensively. Um, and, you know, when we play these teams, I feel like this defense is going to be even more stout than they were last year. I think this defensive front is going to be so hungry. I think Chris Jones is going to want to go out there and have it the best season yet. And that's saying a lot. And we have a fully, like I mentioned before in the podcast, we have, we've had, we have, we're going to have a fully ready and healthy Frank Clark, right? I just I have a good feeling about this defense, just almost just as much as I'm confident in this offense right now because I think these guys are ready. I think the second, like you said, the second the question itself, the second year in this system with Spags, you know, keeping the same guys, the same core group of these guys, I'm expecting big things from this defense actually this year. I'm if, really excited. If the Chiefs have a top eight defense this season, they're not losing a game, that, and that's I mean, a possibility. I mean, you talk about off off the top, you you have Deshaun Watson they're going to be facing, and then sure. you'll have Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton. Uh, notable quarterbacks, Tom Brady, I guess we even want to still throw him in there. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. I'm just saying as far as points allowed. Tua, if he, if Tua ends up becoming a, a blossoming figure, if Drew Locke becomes a blossoming figure, who knows, Jock right. Allen. But outside of that, you're, you're right, there's maybe a handful of quarterbacks throughout the entire schedule of the right. Chiefs where they actually have to be, oh my God, I we mean, have to half, watch this guy. Half of our games are played against our division. Right. So I think our defense is going to feast against our division. So I think the numbers are going to look incredible. I think our points allowed against our division is going to be great. There's going to be some high-scoring games, which could be week one, like we discussed earlier. But outside of that, I, I don't see this, this defense allowing too much points, man. I think they're going to clean up a lot of the issues we had from last year, if there was many, which there wasn't. But I think, I think I'm expecting the continuance in, in a better defense this time around, another year in that system for sure. Top eight, I'm calling it. Wow. Yes, sir. Hey, I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. All right, next question. Uh, last question. Uh, no, not a last question from Brian. Uh, he has one no, there's more. more. Uh, <laughs> so, me. next question from Brian Herbert. Uh, Brock Lesnar just became a free agent recently, and John Jones just moved to heavyweight. Do you see Brock coming back to UFC for that super, butt, super fight? Mm. At this time, I don't. Uh, and I don't want to sound like the negative guy that doesn't want to see it, because trust me, I would love to see that fight. <laughs> um it's just they're so such different bodies and styles. I, I I don't know what to expect. John Jones would win the fight, but I, I don't know how to how it would end. You know what I mean? I really don't. Uh, but I think John Jones is, is barking a lot right now because he's trying to get his name back up there because he knows the UFC has been doing very well and he doesn't like to be an irrelevant uh, an irrelevant figure. He's the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Um, I think the super fight when he comes back is going to be with uh, I believe its name's uh, Israel. Uh, they're not oh, going. Is it Israel? Is, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Israel. Uh, there, there's other fights that he Nothing wants to, to take yet, on. Yeah. Uh, he wants to go to the. He wants to go to heavyweight too. I love it. Which which means he would fight uh, uh, Stipe for the belt potentially. Uh, what's his name? Francis uh, Nagara or I chop his name up every single time. Um, but for, there's two fights that I know that, that John Jones would have to fight. Has to fight if he's trying to fight for a belt. Mm. And Brock Lesnar's not in that equation. Would that sell tickets? Yeah. Absolutely. People would tune in and watch that fight, but I think John Jones wants to fight to win a belt again because he gave up his light heavyweight to go heavyweight. So I think he's going to have to fight Francis Ngannou. Ngannou. Francis Ngannou. That's right. 
uh, or Stipe to get that belt. I don't think that Brock's on his radar yet, but who knows, man. If Dana wants to put that together, you're going to sell the shit out of some pay-per-views because those are two polarizing names and figures in the world of sports, let alone the UFC. Yeah, um, would I want to watch John Jones murder a man in the octagon? That is Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Sure. Now, but John, if Brock gets a hold of him and lays on him. Stop it, dude. I'm just saying. No, John, gonna... John would kill him. John would kill him. John would, Bones would kill him. <laughs> You're implying that Brock Lesnar would be able to catch Brock John Jones. Brock was 275 walking. It's, that's my point. He wouldn't be able to catch John Jones. He's too slick. Hey, and he dude, keeps... Brock is a lightning quick dude. Oh, my God. John would kill John him. Let's Jones, be real. Dude, this is John a... is the greatest ever. I'm not at trying to point, say that Brock point, would beat him. At the point in their lives, John Jones is still very much in his peak. <laughs> still very much in Brock Lesnar's done been done, bro. I agree. That's why I would so, pick John in a landslide. Bro, I would love it for entertainment entertainment purposes, absolutely. As a fan, as a diehard John Jones fan and a Brock Lesnar fan, I loved him when he was fighting. I just I don't think Brock Lesnar's health is there where he needs it to be to fight again. I just don't I I would love to see it for sure. If the question is would I like to see it, yes. Simple. Yeah, I know Dana White came out, was it today or yesterday? Instead of uh, both fighters are willing to, you know, like if they're... He they're, sees dollar signs. It's a money grab, no <laughs> yeah. doubt. He said, he said if they both agree to the fight, he's signing I'll them. say this right now. Yeah. I'll mark, mark this tape, all right, Gat? If, this, if that fight goes down, if John Bones Jones and Brock Lesnar fight, that will be the highest grossing pay-per-view in UFC history. Mark that down. That is without question. Just mark that down. Got that down. It would definitely be up. It would. De- I. I think it takes the cake. Yeah. I think it absolutely takes the really? cake. Yes. Those are. Think about it. Every time Brock Lesnar fight fought, the pay per view sales skyrocketed. It isn't because he's some great fighter. Even when he it's fought King of Velasquez, he is. It was huge. yes. Yeah. You put him and Bones Jones, the greatest UFC fighter ever, in the same octagon. Pay per view, dude. You know where we're going to be out on that Saturday night. Oh, yeah. You know where half the country's going to be that Saturday night. People that don't even watch the UFC on a normal basis are getting that pay per view yeah. just because people know the names. It's name re- name recognition it's is a brand, man. Money. It's to make yes. That's why Dana would be all for it. Dana's a businessman first, bro. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. All right. Uh, next question uh, comes from Shaggy again. Uh, I'm going to listen to your show on Spotify on Monday during my two hour and thirty minute flight. To Tampa Bay, is Spotify available on airplane mode? Yeah, oh, I don't, yeah, yeah absolutely. Pre- you just have to, yeah, just have to download the episode before absolutely. you go. And and like we talked about, I already mentioned it. Uh, our guy Shaggy and his, and his awesome wife Tracy are going to Tampa. Love him, man. Safe travels, guys. I really hope you have a great time. I believe Tracy's actually originally from Tampa, so I think they're going down there just to hang out and get away from the the chaos for a while. And I want to go. Yeah, no joke, man. I'm gonna right. hey, throw me in the luggage. I need bro. a vacation, man. <laughs> But no, safe travels, guys, and I and I always appreciate Shaggy for he always he'll always be texting me or calling me when he's listening to the show. I really he's like I'm at work right now, but I'm gonna call you in a minute. That's 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 our most loyal guy. I appreciate him, man. Yeah. Safe travels, guys. All right, so uh, I saved Donnie's couch for uh, last question because him and Brian are asking the same pretty much the same question. Can I can I guess what it is? <laughs> yeah. Because I have a feeling it has something to do with uh, two track stars that let down the viewing audience. From uh, making that possible when one Mr. Steve Terrell Pussies, threw a badass Pussies, party, by the way, Pussies. at the Colonial Club. Monster Shout out John Stoner. I, as I recall, I was I was the huckleberry here. I was ready to go. 
And Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo said Mr. No-No-No. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. And and walked away. Thank you, Trevor Twigwell. Let's hear it. Let's hear the excuses. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm sure Herbert's on the live stream right now. You were gone by like 7 p.m. You said you were tired going to sleep. I remember remember the question being asked outside in the back patio, and I'm looking at your ass. And you look away. You look you look like you look like you look like Chris Paul in game seven. That's what you look like. You were dropping the ball, homie. You didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Even though I'm sitting there stressed out, ready to go. You already had my Cuban cigar. If you don't stop lying. Hydrating. There was a pretty crazy party going on across Hydrating. the street. It was. And there was some and like gunshot noises at one point. They had the sun kiss yeah. and they're like, you like the mention. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Yeah, I'm ready to go. We'll stop the show right now it and go still outside. It yeah, still, we we got an even happen. street out here. Even. The yeah. one, the one thing Casey K was a little sketch. Yeah. I could see where you worried about gravel. injuries. There's gravel. There's gravel, but we got a pretty solid we're street a, we're out a here. Solid area, man. Yeah. All right. They paved their streets out here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear a Uh-oh. silence. I'm Uh-oh. sorry. Uh-oh. Is this the first time uh, Eddie has been speechless? Like what? What are you talking about? Donnie oh, and ready. Donnie and Brian are saying, "Let's go, Mr. Yo Yo Yo." Yo 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 said, "No, no, no." Yeah. I'm ready. I've been said I was ready. You damn stallions, let's get it. (laughs) I said I was ready since the party. I don't know what left. We we got a little bit of show left. I think we should do it. (laughs) I think we should do it. We'll do it. We'll 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 set this apart. You know what? Brock Lesnar and John Jones would be a great pay per view, no to be better. Our fat ass is out there running a forty, dude. You wanna talk yeah. Yeah. We, do, we, do we got recovery hydration on oh, yeah. speed dial? Talk, talk about, yeah. <laughs> talk about <laughs> fading before we get to the finish line. <laughs> Live cardiac Can we just quit right here? Jesus. Finish next month, yeah. <laughs> yeah finish next month. Like, uh, so run, <laughs> on the next 12-part <laughs> series, they run a mile. We'll do a, whole, a full marathon. <laughs> Next question. That was it. <laughs> oh, that's that was, right. Yeah, that was the last questions. Well, this, we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there, Mister No No No. Mister No No No. We're gonna take a break. Trying to fight or what? We're, we're two pieces after the, when the segment ends. Uh, we're gonna take a break, guys, because we have the official 2020 NFL regular season predictions that we've been dying to give to you guys. I'm gonna skip put like this. I have no idea what these two fools have predicted. I have no idea what they are. I know what I've predicted. And I have a harsh feeling that it's going to get rough in here. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about that. 2020 NFL predictions. We'll get back to that after this. You are listening to Kansas City Podcast Network. Talent-driven, FCC-free. Check out our show lineup, videos, events, and more over at kcpn.org. The voices of Kansas City, unfiltered.
Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's oh, good? Eddie Ortiz. Go, go, go. And on the ones and twos, DJ Gat in the hizzy. <laughs> so we've had a fun night so far, guys. Uh, Eddie and I uh, actually just ran right now, and uh, Eddie's now dead. No, I'm just kidding. No. We haven't done it yet, but I promise you guys it'll be paid only on paper. The fact, that, the fact that you're talking, they know. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate this. White man can't run, can't jump, but we can run. I'm totally taking on. We can run. I'm just letting you guys know. We can run. We're filming this. Wagers, whatever you guys want to do. I wonder, what Ve- I wonder what Vegas would have on it. Ooh. I mean, I know I'm like a massive uh, favorite, but, you know. Maybe <laughs> put, you know what? Put your money on Eddie, guys. You can make some money off of that. No, I'm just that's, saying. That's, that's fine. I'll be uh, the underdog. Play the odds that Lance rolls his ankle. Yeah. <laughs> now, that is factual. I guarantee that. I still win. And I still win. <laughs> got to get recovery hydration, the ambulance. <laughs> You know, You're only going 40 yards. yeah, they gotta get those like clear, those little fuckers. That, you know, they gotta have that on their on, on site. But now, guys, it is what we have been waiting for all year, and and more than last year. Even I am more excited about this year because, like, guys, we've literally just started getting sports back, and for us to have football predictions, even being able to talk about, is insanely awesome, insanely exciting. I can't put it into words. So we're just gonna get right to it. Um, we're going to start in the NFC East, work all, all the way down to the NFC uh, West, and then same thing with the AFC, and then we're going to go into the playoff seedings. We're going to go right into the heart of all of this, guys. So we're going to break this down, starting with the NFC East. Eddie, from the fourth place to first place, how do you see the NFC East going? All right, Fourth man. place to first place. This, was, this, this division was a little... little... Uh, you know, a little Shitty? hard for me. Yeah, a little a hard shit? for me. Pretty much. Because, yeah. I mean, the teams in here are just, you know, not 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 at their best moment right now. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. So well, at number good. four, I have the Giants at 2-14. and 14. Uh, <laughs> No love there. I don't believe in their coach. Uh, he had them running laps for uh, not, uh, well, for uh, mistakes. My bad, mistakes. High school football. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I know the players are not going to be 100% locked in with the coach. I don't think they're going to click. At number three, I do have the Washington Redskins at four and twelve. Also, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm actually being generous, just giving Pretty them four wins. There. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know if they're going to be even a team by the by the by the time the season starts. Shit. Uh, <laughs> at number two, I have the Cowboys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight and eight on them. Uh, never fails. Every season, for some reason, they just like eight and eight. And then at number one, I have the Eagles at ten and six. I do believe uh, Carson Wentz will will bounce back this year. Uh, he is he's having that that little soft, uh, tissue. soft tissue injury. I don't think it's nothing serious. It's minor. Uh, it's minor, like they said. I don't think it's nothing serious. No big issue there. He's he's gonna have a a, a good season. So I expect the Eagles to to win ten games this year. All right, Trevor, how's your NFC East looking top, from bottom to top? All right, so at the fourth spot, I've got Washington football team at 3-13, and 13, um, followed up by the New York Giants, who I actually like a little more than Eddie. I think they have a fairly good roster. I'm a big Saquon Barkley fan. Um, I think they could pull out six wins. I got them at 6-10. Six six mm-hmm. and 10. Uh, Followed up after that, in the number two spot, I got the Dallas Cowboys at 10-6. and six. That roster's too good to go 8-8, eight and eight, I think, this year. Uh, we uh, say that every year. I know, but I, I just think I think <laughs> this year there's a lot of pressure on Dak. This, and I this Dak, their year? I, I know, I know. Again, I, I will not be surprised. For the if they go fucking eight, eight. 
Yeah, so I have them at 10 and 6, and then the Philadelphia Eagles, as, as Eddie believes, I believe as well. I, I do like Carson Wentz this year, and I, I love my guy Doug Peterson. I think he's a hell of a coach, so I'm going with the better coach, the best coach, quarterback duo in that division, and I have them at 11 and 5. Yeah, this was a shit for sure, man. This is this division's hard to... It's hard it's, to predict. It's not that, I think it's the Eagles. It's just, it's, just a, it's just a gross division. Yeah, you, know? like, you feel icky looking at it, man. You know, it's like there's not one <laughs> solid team that you can be like, okay, that's a yeah. fucking team right there. You know, like, right? And and the football team is automatically to me the the seller dweller um, because of, I mean, where do we even start with this team? It's I have them at three and thirteen for just various reasons. I mean, three and thirteen just for Dan Snyder alone. Uh, the Giants to me are going to be on the struggle bus all season because I don't think I know Trevor. You make a good point with Saquon Barkley and a solid roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have my concerns about Daniel Jones and his turnover battles and his, his issues with the fumbling the ball. Right. And I don't believe in Joe Judge at all until until he proves me that he's actually worth his weight. Uh, I think they're going to go 4-12. and 12. Okay. Uh, They have a decently easy schedule, so I can see them sneaking a few wins off, but yeah. I don't think they're going to be good. Uh, I actually don't believe in the Eagles as much this year as I did before. Uh, I understand that Carson Wentz's injury is minor at this point. But we continue to see this same story play out each and every season. I think it's eventually going to catch up to the Eagles to the point where it costs them a playoff spot. I have the Eagles actually dropping out at 8-8 eight and eight this season. Mm. Um, and that leaves only one team. And I am going to give the Cowboys some serious credit because to Trevor's point, you can't have a roster like that and it get better at coach yeah. and not be better. They're going to be better this season. They are going to win 10 games, in my opinion. I think they win the division. I think the Cowboys go 10-6. and six. I think Dak Prescott has a solid season because he bet, he's betting on himself. And I think he's out there to show what he's worth, and he's got the weapons. They have an insanely talented offense. I know Both their, defense, their defense has a lot of injury-prone players in Van Der Esch, Sean Lee, and guys like that. But I think their offense is going to be so high-octane, it's not going to really matter. I think they're going to actually resemble the 2018 Chiefs in some regards. I think they're going to have to outscore a lot of their opponents, and I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, Dak's set, Dak set up for a, a big-time year. Big season. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback down the stretch, and we'll get to all that, but I definitely think they're going to rally off a lot of wins. Uh, Eddie. That's a lot of love for the Cowboys. I, I agree, man. Trust me, I'm not excited about doing it, but I'm going to give them some credit because Ugh. they have so much talent. And Mike McCarthy is a good coach. Yeah. We've got to give that man some credit. That dude is a good coach. Yes, he did inherit Aaron Rodgers. I understand that. But we can't be doing that to every coach because then we're going to start going down the line of t- taking away from Bill Belichick because well, yeah. he had Tom Brady. I and mean, how do we do that? And he's getting the best. He's inheriting the best O-line and running back combo he's ever had in his right. career as a coach. So that helps. Eddie, bottom to top, your NFC North. How's it looking? All right, man. NFC North. At number four, I have Chicago. I I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. And then you're backing him up with Nick Foles. I do believe Nick Foles is going to take that job sometime throughout, uh, sometime mid, probably mid-season. I just do not believe in the Bears at all, uh, but I do have them at five and eleven. Uh, at number three, I have Detroit. Uh, I, I believe Matthew Stafford's gonna come back. He, he's gonna he's gonna try and play real good ball. He's he's gonna do the best he can. Uh, but I do have them at seven and nine. At uh, number two, I have the Vikings. Uh, I I'm not a big believer in Kirk Cousins, but with the Vikings, he has been good enough. But obviously, good enough is just not enough. So once again, uh, he's just going to be good enough for the Vikings. They're going to go ten and six. At number one, I do have the Green Bay Packers. This season, Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing pissed off football, and I love it. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and I got I got the Green Bay Packers going thirteen and three. Ooh. All right, man, Trevor, how's your NFC North? And I wish I, it's funny that I'm the typical Packers Aaron Rodgers guy, but I'm going a different route. Um, <laughs> NFC North, man, I got Detroit in the fourth spot, going five and eleven. I do not believe in them at all this year. Um, I don't like their roster that much. I don't think they've they've actually gotten worse with the loss of Darius Slay. Um, I just don't. I, I'm not a big fan of their overall roster, and defensively, they're. I think they're going to be a revolving door for offenses. Um, in the three spot, so I have Detroit going five and eleven. In the third spot, I have Chicago Bears going seven and nine. Um, I do see Mitchell starting off slow and losing his job, but I think Nick Foles is actually going to come in and fill in uh, fairly well and finish the season off nicely there. Still finishing with a losing record at seven and nine. Second spot, I got the Green Bay Packers. I only have them winning nine games, though. I have them going nine and seven. Um, I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to play well this year. Um, I just don't think it's going to matter that much. I don't think, you know, I, I'm not sure how good I feel about Matt LaFleur. I didn't like him very much last year. He was running way too much to have a, having Aaron Rodgers in your running that much in the red zone and just overall too much in my mind instead of letting Aaron Rodgers kind of do his thing. Uh, not enough. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really torn. I want to give them more wins than nine, but right now I'm just not – I'm a lot of uncertainty right now uh, for the Packers just because the, the way they drafted and the lack of moves and not bringing any other talent offensively for Aaron Rodgers. It's just I don't – I didn't like the moves at all they made this offseason off season at all. So nine and seven, and then at the first spot I got the Vikings going ten and six. I, I actually do like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. I feel like he took a next step to be even better last year, especially in the playoffs. I was impressed. Um with that win. Um, so I do have them at 10 and 6, and I, I like the Vikings in the first spot there. <laughs> well, this is where things are going to start getting a little interesting for us here, guys. Oh, let's do this. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you fucking Stafford fanboy. I'm not I, ready for yes. it. Yes. I had, I had a, you know, I had a, yeah, I was going to say, we got we to put up the con, the Swanson uh, bat signal. He has them 16 and no, so I guarantee I'm going to start off with the Bears at the bottom dweller. I think they're going to be a team that struggles big time this season because of the fact that we've all talked about. There's no mystery to it. They don't have an answer at quarterback, and I think they're the type of team that needs a quarterback in the worst way because they don't have... Um, a plethora of offensive weapons. I know I know Montgomery and, and Tariq Cohen are solid out of the backfield, um, but I, overall, I just don't think they're the type of offense that Nagy wants. I think he wants to upgrade a quarterback, and they will. And in the meantime, they're going to struggle to score points this season. And in that that type of division with stout defenses like they have and good coaches, you're not going to win a lot of games. So I have the Bears finishing off at six and ten. After that, I have. A three-way tie at nine and seven between the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, and my guy Ken Swanson's favorite team and favorite player, the Detroit Lions, and Matthew Jesus Christ Stafford. <laughs> All right, I'm it's happening. Out. I need to know why. Mark this down. I'm walking out. We forget, and we forget so conveniently that before Matt Stafford got hurt in 2019, that the Lions were on pace to win their division and were going to beat the Chiefs had not Mahomes went full Magic Mahomes. We forget also that Matt Stafford was having an MVP season with 19 touchdowns and only five interceptions was leading his team of a bunch of nobodies to the playoffs before he got hurt. I understand Trevor made a great point about Darius Slay. I think that's going to hurt them big time. But the Chiefs, if you look at the Chiefs, they also have deficiencies in their quarterback positions as well. 
If you can mask that, I and again, the Lions will not be a perfect team. But I think the Lions not only will tie the Packers and Vikings in overall record, they are winning the NFC North. They're going to finish with a better divisional record than the Packers and Vikings. They will sweep the Bears, whereas the Vikings and Lions, or Vikings and Packers, will not. They will split with the Bears the this time, season. What was the last time Aaron Rodgers lost to the Bears, Lions? I don't know, but next season was the head of his last time I'm saying 2020 he did. It's bad. happening. Wow. Mark it down. The Lions will win the NFC North. Oof, oof. Winter is coming. Threesome, huh? Booyah, shakalakas. All right. NFC South, Eddie. <laughs> bottom to top. Go. All right. Bottom to top. Number this party four. party started. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go right out. At number four, I got Carolina. Six and ten. Uh, simple. Oh, they're relying on McCaffrey on everything. Yep. Uh, you can't just rely on one superstar. Teddy two gloves, man. No love. Uh, <laughs> uh, number three, I have Atlanta going eight and eight. Uh, I do have some love for them. Uh, yeah. Good quarterback. A great quarterback. So, uh, number two, I have the Saints going eleven and five. I do. I think they're going to struggle early. I, I think uh, uh, Drew Brees is going to struggle a little bit early. He's going to get his rhythm well. Once the season gets in full swing, mm. I do have eleven and five, and I do have the Tampa Bay Bucks, <laughs> uh, twelve and four, winning the winning that uh, that division. Twelve and four. Huh? I I believe I believe uh, they have the best roster in that in that division. Mm. I like it. Eddie's stepping out, man. I don't like Eddie's it. Eddie's um, stepping out. Trevor, NFC South. Go. Uh, go. Okay, so I'm going to start at the bottom here. At number four, I do also got the Carolina Panthers. I'm giving them five wins. They're going to go five and 11. That's a that's a project right now. They're trying to, you know, they got a consistent quarterback in Teddy Tulos who I like. I just They're just not ready to win games yet. Um, number three spot, I have the I have the uh, your 12-win Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Eddie, at the three spot. That's insane. I have them winning nine games. I don't. I, I. do. I do. I do believe that they have a overall top to bottom probably the best roster in that division, but that doesn't always mean everything, man. Continuity. We'll see. Continuity. This is a brand new thing. There's no continuity here yet. We haven't seen the chemistry in the live action game yet. I don't believe in the talents of Tom Brady anymore. Granted, that's a stacked roster. Um. I just. I. I just, for some reason, I have a vibe. I just don't, I'm not buying it, man. He's got I a vibe. I just don't, I just, I, Coach Arians is a very hot and cold coach throughout his entire career. He's had good rosters where he's failed. And now he has an ancient quarterback who he's depending on the IQ alone because his athletic ability never existed to begin with. And he's going to depend on his weapons solely because Tom Brady is not going to go out there and dice you up with his arm. It's, just, it's not that way anymore. So he's depending on these weapons to make Tom Brady look better than he actually is, which is a possibility, but I'm not buying it. Um, number two, I got Atlanta. I like I like Atlanta this year. Actually, I love the addition of Todd Gurley. I think he's he's, he's due for a, a major bounce back season. I just hope he doesn't get hurt again. True, but I think in this system, this system, if we if anyone knows Atlanta, they always breed good pass catching running backs, and they always develop good scenarios for running backs to score a lot of touchdowns, and 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 either via running running touchdowns in or catching touchdowns. And Todd Gurley is one of the best. Dual threat running backs we've seen in the past 10 years. Obviously, his health matters. I do think he's ready to go. Um, I love Matt Ryan. I love the consistency. This is what I'm talking about, continuity. Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, still one of the deadliest duos in the entire league. I, I like their talent and the consistency of their talent better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I know what it is. 
And the addition, the upgrade from Devontae Freeman to Todd Gurley is huge for me. I think that's going to be big for their offense. And I do, I truly believe in Atlanta this year going 10 and 6. Um, then number one, I got the best team in the division. Still is the best team in the division. One of the best teams in this league still, hands down. Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame coach, New Orleans Saints. I got them going 12 and 4. You both could not have been more different in yeah. your guys' picks, which I love. I think I'm going to come right through the middle on this one, guys. I don't split, have split it. hot take Lake Lance ain't coming through on this one. This is a, well, oh, yeah, Matt Stafford's it might be. Division, it might so. be. Let, let's see there. Uh, moving, moving right along on the fourth spot, I think there is no mystery. The Panthers will be the worst team in this division. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves is a damn good quarterback when it comes to facilitating, but on a team this bad, you need a quarterback that can make plays. I don't think he's that guy. I think they go three and thirteen this season. Uh, the Falcons, although I do agree with Trevor, I like their talent better. The problem for me with them is their coach. I like Dan Quinn. I think he's a good DC. I don't think he's a good head coach. And I think he's going to cost them some games this season. And surprisingly enough, the Falcons have a pretty tough schedule this year. I don't know I don't know if Todd Gurley's going to make it through a full season. I, and they're going to rely on him. Well, a sleeper, I will say, too, a sleeper reason why I have the Falcons there, too, I think Calvin Ridley emerges as a true star. This We've year. been waiting. So hopefully he, yeah, hopefully he does it. Hopefully he does it. And obviously Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, their connections will not fail. You're going to see those guys do great. But they did lose their tight end and uh, Austin Hooper. Right, yeah. So that, that's a big loss because Matt Ryan loves his tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they'll score points, but I don't think their defense is going to be good enough. Again, Dan Quinn on the defensive side, it's not going to work out. I think they split it even 8-8 eight and eight this season. I hope I'm wrong because I, I do believe in the Falcons to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Then I go to Tampa Bay. And this is the reason why. Again, we the perfect example to look at the Buccaneers now is the 2011 Eagles. They were picking up every guy left and right off the free agent market uh, Vince Young was the backup quarterback, and I even heard him call that team an all-star cast or whatever it was, a dream team. He called them the dream team. I think that team went 4-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to give a little bit more respect to the Buccaneers because I do believe that they have some elite players at certain positions. So I'm going to give them some respect. But what is going to stop this team from excelling and becoming a perennial contender, or at least a contender for this year, is their quarterback. Look, Tom Brady is still good enough to be a starter in this league. But we need to contextualize some stuff. Tom Brady has not been an elite quarterback in three years. It has not been since the 2017 loss against the Eagles in the Super Bowl has Tom Brady been an elite quarterback. That's some time, man. We're talking three full seasons of football. And no quarterback in the history of the NFL has started more than six games after the age of 43 in a season. Now, Tom, I believe, will do that. But there is a certain point where the human body has to start giving up. And Tom Brady is not a freak athlete. So I don't think he's going to be able to rely on his athleticism to get him through in certain instances. He's going to rely on the weapons around him, but he's got to get the ball to him. I don't think he's going to be able to do that in week 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I think he's going to start to dwindle as he has done over the last three seasons. I think that the Buccaneers are going to be a playoff team. I will say that. I think they get a wild card spot. But it's going to be at 9-7. and seven. They're just going to squeak into the playoffs. And there is no mystery of who the best team in this division is. It is the Saints. They, they have been the best team in this division, I think, for four straight seasons. If I'm not mistaken, three straight seasons. Maybe since the 2016 Super Bowl where the Falcons made it. Mm-hmm. But since then, they've been the class of this NFC South. There is no mystery. Drew Brees, I'm worried about him. I don't know if he'll be able to hold up all season. We might see a little bit of Jameis Winston this year. I don't know. But I do know that what surrounds Drew Brees and that coaching staff cannot be disrespected. That team is going 12-4 and this season. They're going to win this division easily. 
Now, to the NFC West. Eddie, bottom to top, what you got? Got hot takes over here. Let's do it. I love this division, man. Uh-huh. At number four, I have uh, up-and-coming quarterback Kyle Murray uh, in Arizona going 7-9. I Last season, they, they showed us what what the future's looking like, and he played really good football last season. He played really good football, even though a lot of people are, you know, like saying like his height, his height, his height was like the biggest issue. That kid can chuck he, that ball, man. He proved them wrong last season. I think he balled out. Uh, Arizona, Arizona's in that in that build build mode, so I I, I think uh, that's where Hopkins went. So yep. him and Hopkins are gonna have a fun season. It's gonna be fun watching them too. So I do have him going seven and nine. At number three, I do have the L.A. Rams. Uh, Jared Goff is is kind of like that that question that I have. You know, like me, I'm I still don't know what he is. Mm. He's a system quarterback. You know what I mean? Like I still don't know who he is. Like, do you want to build around him? Like, you know, like I'm still trying to figure him out. I do have him going uh, nine and seven. Uh, At number two, I have. Russell Wilson uh, and and the Seattle Seahawks going eleven and five. I think they're going to be a good team. Uh, I do have them making the playoffs. Uh, at num at number one, I have the San Francisco Forty Nine ers going fourteen and two Ooh. this season. I believe in Jimmy G. <laughs> oh, so it's season. Jimmy G that's going to lead them to fourteen. Oh and two. yes, not that defense. Oh, huh? not that defense. It's going to be Jimmy G this they're year. Not Emmanuel Sanders I, anymore. I crushed them last last season. But I think this season uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get that wake up call. I think that Super Bowl loss is is gonna, you know, it's, it's gonna be up. Can make here. or break him. It, it yep. Can make or break him. Uh, so I think it's gonna make him. The, and same, I, the same Jimmy G that the Niners are trying to get Tom Brady to replace this offseason. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just say, I'm just saying he is pretty pissed off. They were trying to replace him. Fair enough. Him. Fair he, enough. I'll give you that. He's gonna ball to out this season. Yep, he's gonna ball out this season. Trevor, your NFC South. Or uh, NFC West, rather. How's it looking? Yeah, man. I think this is going to be a fun division to watch as far as all the the inner the inner division matchups in the games. Um, should be very competitive, especially the top three teams. But number the number four uh, spot there, I have the Cardinals. I do have them. Giving them seven wins, I feel like that's fair uh, with the upgrade of DeAndre Hopkins going there. Um, I think that's another project team similar to the Panthers. They're trying to, trying to build something there as a process. It's not ready to win games yet, but I do believe in, in Kyler Murray for sure. Um, uh, and his talents with with DeAndre Hopkins, so I'm giving them seven. I'm going seven and nine with them. Um, third spot, I have the Rams. I'm not. I'm not really bought in on the Rams this year. I like. I like Coach McVay, but I just. I feel like they're taking another step back. I feel like they're. They got some things they got to address and fix. Um, and I do not believe in Jared Goff. Never did. Um, I feel like he overachieved his first year there. Uh, was a product of a system that was a, a genius system that the re- league wasn't ready for, um, and the league caught up to him. And it shows. Um, that happens a lot. We've seen a lot of guys flashing the pantai quarterbacks that come in and they fizzle out quickly. And I think that's sadly what's going to happen to Jared Goff's career. I think he's going to be a mediocre quarterback the rest of his way. Um, so Rams, I got them going eight and eight. Uh, after that, I have San Fran. I have San Fran winning ten games, going ten and six. Um, I do like that they kept a lot of their their core together, especially defensively. That defense is going to be nasty again this year. I think they're going to defend more or depend more on the defensive side to win games this year. Um, similar to what they did last year. I mean, their offense was fun to watch last year, but their defense was by far the best part of their team. Um, they lost a couple of offensive weapons, 
But uh, overall, I still think they're going to be a really solid team. I have them going 10-6. and six. And then, obviously, I have uh, Seattle Seahawks, one of my favorite teams this year, heading into the season. I have them going 12-4. and four. I love the roster, both sides. I love Russ bouncing back this year from a, a semi, you know, letdown of a year last year. I love uh, Coach Carroll. I think they're going to be ready. I think they're going to come in and take this division 12-4. and four. Hmm. This is also one of my favorite uh, divisions to pick. For sure. Uh, this division annually is one of the more talented uh, better suited uh, uh, divisions top to bottom. I am one of those people, I believe in Sean McVay. I think he's a really good coach. Unfortunately, he is in a position now where he's stuck in quarterback purgatory with Jared mm-hmm. Goff. Because not only is Jared Goff an average quarterback, but he plays, he's making insanely good money. Yeah. So that they can't just get rid of him. I do believe that's where Aaron Rodgers will be headed in the next year or two. Um, I'm going to make that prediction. I would love that. Yeah, I really do believe the Rams are going to be getting Aaron Rodgers very shortly. I would prefer him in San Fran, but I would love LA yeah. too. Uh, but I, I will, yeah, if Jimmy G was a little bit older, I could see that happening. Yeah. I think Jimmy G is going to be there for a while. But I have the Rams uh, actually last place of the NFC West at 7-9 and nine because I believe in this Cardinals team enough. I, I don't think they're a playoff team yet. I mean, yeah. just let me specify. I think Kyler Murray has shocked everyone, and quite frankly, has shut up his critics. Rookie you don't hear you don't hear anybody talking about his height anymore. Nobody, other than to glorify him because of his height. Yeah. They were they were downgrading my dude. Now he's got DeAndre Hopkins. He's got the vampire and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, the defense is going to get better. Um, I, I don't know what to make of the coach yet. I, I think he's a he's handsome, and he had Patrick Mahomes once, <laughs> but I don't know if he's going to be a good coach yet in the NFL. But I think the Cardinals are going to split it even this year. I think they're going to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. They won't have a losing record. I think they're going to put up some points. They're going to be a fun team, but they're, they're just going to be on the outside of the playoffs. I don't think they're good enough yet. The 49ers, see, a lot of teams that lose in the Super Bowl, we talked about this earlier today, Eddie, teams that lose in the Super Bowl, the next season they usually fall off a cliff. I was tempted to say that about the Niners because I doubted them all, all of last season. Yeah, too good of a roster. They're man. too damn good. Yeah. I do believe in Kyle Shanahan, even though he continually chokes in the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator and as a coach, as a head coach. But this team, man, they are still arguably the best roster in football. I mean, they are still so good at every position. It seems. They got one of the better young offensive weapons in the right. state. Debo Samuels is incredible. And, 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 and yes, honestly, I'll, I'll say this. I think if they did, if they had a better quarterback, because I think Jimmy G is a good quarterback. But if they had a top-tier quarterback, if they had Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I would probably pick them for a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. Even over the Chiefs, as crazy yeah. as that sounds. That's a great Because that roster is so Kidd damn good. There. They don't. And so, therefore, they're going to be an 11-5 and team. I think they go 11-5, and and they absolutely make the playoffs. And I, I think that they're going to be right back in the mix. Yeah. Leaving one team, a team that I am absolutely humongous on, because of one player in particular, Russell Wilson, who I think is the most underrated, underappreciated quarterback we've seen maybe in NFL history, doesn't get the chance to shine enough because Pete Carroll refuses to to let him throw the ball four times. Talking about Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. The cheesiest fucking shit of all time. But I, I'm willing to still invite him to the Sierra, barbecue. Bro. I'm still willing to invite him to the barbecue. He's still he's still there. But look, the Seahawks are a team that I think are being overlooked. Um, because they do have deficiencies. Their offensive line is still shaky. Their defense won't be as great as it once was. Mm. But their run game and Russell Wilson with the, with DK Metcalf, yep. I, man, I think this Tyler team is going to put up points. Yes, Tyler Lockett, they're going to be exciting. Their, their schedule is surprisingly not as tough as I anticipated. They have the 49ers number. They were literally a centimeter 
from beating the 49ers last season, which yep. would have given them the division and home field in the playoffs, Should've which would have changed that. everything. Won that game, man. They're going to take care of business this year. Yep. I think they beat the, the Niners out by one game for the division. They finish 12-4 and four and get the top seed of the NFC. Love it. Now we're going to switch over to the AFC side, which we all know is our side, right? <laughs> AFC East, bottom to top, new changes in the AFC East. Eddie, will there be a new king on the throne in the AFC East? Let's hear it, buddy. We'll Let's see. hear it. We'll see. Talk so, about hot takes. So, hot. so excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. So excited. At number four, coming in at number four. Hot. All I'm going to say is I think this quarterback's going to see Ghost all fucking season. <laughs> I like it. All I like season. It. I like it. This is my hot take. I got him going 0-16. And who is that? The Jets? The Whoa. Jets. Woo-hoo! I think Eric gonna... Beatty couldn't get there any sooner. Mm-hmm. I think their coach is going to get fired mid-season I'm probably. 0-16? I'm about to tweet Levy on that and let him know you said that. The, the Jamal Adams <laughs> factor. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Holy oh, yeah. shit. They just don't have the roster. They just don't have the coach. They, it's a mess out there. Yeah, I yeah. I like. Uh, I hope that happens. I I hope that happens because that guarantees Eric Bieniemy getting oh, the job yeah. out there. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, that that coach is gonna get fired this season. At uh, at number three, I do have the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I do believe Tua is gonna play uh, halfway through the season. I know they're gonna start Fitzpatrick, but I think Tua is just too good of a talent. Yeah, if he's not hurt, uh, to just have him sit on the bench. Uh, so I got the Miami Dolphins going six and ten, um, still not good enough. But yeah, um, and at number two, at number two, I do have Cam Newton and the New England Patriots splitting it eight and eight. Woo! Splitting, which means splitting there's a new oh, king on the throne, Eddie. Yes. Please spit that shit. In my predictions, I have the Buffalo Bills. Going eleven and five, and dethroning the New England Patriots. Well, shit, Eddie drew first blood. Trevor, yeah. you're gonna have to top that one, buddy. I love it, bro. Let's hear it. Um, I do not have the Jets going over, <laughs> but I do have them winning four games in the in the bottom of the the division. Oh, you're being there. generous. I, I got them going four and twelve, along with. The team right above them going four and twelve. Uh, the Dolphins. I have those both those teams going four and twelve. So a two, a fourth in the third spot there. And in the second spot, I do have New England. I have New England uh, being dethroned. Um, I have them going nine and seven. I just don't think that roster is good enough to win that division. I think the Bills are the overwhelmingly better roster in that division, and I think. They should take the next step. They have a better. Uh, they're. They're. I, I do believe in Coach McDermott. I like him a lot. Um, and I obviously obviously like Josh Allen. I'm a big Josh Allen fan, and I love the addition there. Um, um, with the, what's his name? The wide receiver there that the Buffalo Bills just picked up. Oh, the Stephen Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, From I drew a blank. Yeah. That's one of my favorite receivers in the league. I love him. I love that addition. That gets him a legitimate wide receiver one um, there in Buffalo. So I have Buffalo going ten and six to top off that division and taking the first the f- first spot there. My goodness, I love it, man. We have two people dethroning the Patriots. How disrespectful of y'all! <laughs> we have an uh, interruption of Maro Ortiz says Eddie Estad and Tufuerto. See, see. What does that mean, Eddie? Please translate. Are you in your room? Somebody's in my room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
All right, yeah. Well, thank you for letting us know, Morrow. It is not Eddie, I promise you that. Yeah, that's my dad. What did you find? What's in there? Did you find something that has batteries in it, Eddie? Yeah. It's not your controller? All right, just making sure. Well, we have two guys that have dethroned the Patriots in the AFCs. You guys are so disrespectful. I hate you. I feel like Stephen A. Smith right now. I I feel like you guys, how dare you guys dethrone the Patriots? Don't we all know they're the class of the AFC East? You guys, it's absolutely despicable. I got the Jets at the bottom of the AFC East. I'm not picking 0-16 because that's harder than going 16-0 in my opinion. But they are they are going to be pretty bad. And I think it's going to be bad enough to where Adam Gase does ultimately lose his job in year three as the Jets head coach with his psycho cocaine eyes. And they will go 4-12. and Speaking of disrespect, as I recall a few months ago on this show, I did make an early prediction. I broke my own rule. And I said, what did I say, Trevor? About the, about the AFC East? A team in particular about who's going to suck? The Patriots. And did I guarantee it? You did. I did. And that's because that's going to happen. You're going to be wrong. Cam Newton makes things a lot better for the Patriots as far as recognition, brand, talent on the quarterback side. But I'm trying to figure out who in the hell he's going to be throwing that ball to that's over five foot five, that's not 34 years old, and is actually proven. And... Yeah, none of that checks out. The Patriots are going to absolutely suck this season. The Patriots are going to finish third in the AFC East. They're not just going to not win the AFC East. They're going to finish wow. third in the AFC East. They're going to finish at 6-10. and ten. Wow. Mark it down. Mark it down. That leaves two more teams. That. Yeah, he, he, he may not allow it. It's going to happen. <laughs> that leaves two more teams. I believe in two of them. I believe that Tua is going to be a star in this league. I just don't think it's going to happen yet. I think he'll play a little bit this season, and it'll be at the tail end, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to play the bulk of the season. They're going to be up-and-down type of team. One week, they beat a team they had no business losing, winning to, and they're going to lose to a team they had no business losing to. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be right down the middle. I think the Dolphins will take it. It'll be an 8-8 eight and eight season for the Dolphins. And eight, that, live, eight, that, leave, that leaves Trevor's Buffalo Bills. I don't know what to expect from Josh Allen. Quite frankly, I'm I'm probably expecting more of the same from a year before. But if he can play just a little bit better, this Bills team is an actual, I think, a team that can make it to the AFC Championship. Unfortunately for the Bills, they are actually going to have to face a tougher schedule this year because they did make the playoffs going 10-6, which is why I have them losing one more game this season, still winning the division at 9-7 and being the fourth seed in the AFC. Now let's move to the AFC North. This is, man, uh, needless to say, a very top-heavy division um, with some unpredictability mixed in with with the Browns and Steelers. <laughs> Eddie, let's start with you. How is your AFC North looking, my guy? All right. Uh, at number four, hopefully it's not a surprise to anybody here, I do have the Bengals going 2-14. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to do enough in those two games that he's going to sneak that W. Uh, at number three... Uh, I do have the Cleveland Browns. Why'd you say Joe Burrow's going to do enough to win two games? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to reign supreme in those two games. <laughs> He's going to throw at least four touchdowns in each game. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> I, know uh, in, I know it was in Eddie's room now. It was Joe Burrow. Exactly. Doing just enough. At <laughs> <laughs> number three, I do have uh, Cleveland. the Cleveland Browns going 7-9. Uh, and nine. I don't trust Baker. Uh, even though they have a, a amazing roster, I just 
quarterback plays is going to play a factor into into this. So I got him seven and nine. Mm. At at number two, and I do have him making the playoffs are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Big Ben is coming back with, with a chip on his shoulder. Absolutely, and, and he'll probably eat it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I I think he he's out there to prove that he still he still can do it even at his age. Uh, I do have them going nine and seven, uh, and making the playoffs. Obviously, at number at number one, I do have the Baltimore Ravens. They just have the better roster, the better team, the better coach, and I do have them going fourteen and two. Oof. Wow, fourteen and two. All right, Trevor, how's the AFC North it's looking not for you, man? Though, like everyone else is saying, yeah. uh, no. I was just calling Cowherd. Let's, let's... Jesus, yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, yeah, I have Joe Burrow doing just enough to get the fourth spot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like that. Except I, except I give, I'm giving them five wins instead of two. Uh, they're gonna earn that last yeah. place spot. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna yeah. blood, sweat, and tears to get that fourth spot. Physical. Um, he's gonna make his presence known his first year in the, uh, to get that fourth spot. Um, oh, Jesus, I have great. them going five and eleven with the fourth spot in the division. Um, I have three teams making the playoffs out of this division, actually. I got the Cleveland Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens. I have the Browns at the third spot going 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I think they sneak in in that wild card spot there. Um, and then I obviously, and then secondly, I have the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do believe in Big Ben. Um, I'm a big Juju uh, Smith-Schuster fan. Um, I expect um, Connor to to stay healthy this year and be a solid running back. So I've always liked his talent, and I think they bounce back this year. Um, Mike Tomlin's one of the top, he's a top five coach in my mind in his league. Um, what he did last year with those scrap pieces, managing eight wins was incredible. Um, so I fully expect Big Ben and the crew to bounce back and at least get two more wins than they got last year. So I'm giving them ten and six record there, the second spot, and then the number one spot, obviously the unanimous one of the division there, the Baltimore Ravens. Not much to say there. That's one of the most loaded rosters in this league. They're they're definitely a favorite as far as contenders go. I have them going twelve and four though. So, I feel like I'm I'm catching right in the middle between you guys again. Here we Love go, it. man. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually bigger on Joe Burrow than most than most people of this season. I know that he's still a mystery in himself because we only saw one season at LSU that he's really got weapons. Yeah, yeah, I think the with AJ Green coming back Joe with Mixon Joe Mixon in the backfield extended him. Yeah, I, I I actually do believe in Zach Taylor, their coach. I think yeah. he's got some talent to him. Um, I, obviously, the Bengals aren't a good team, so they're not going to do anything significant. But I'm actually going to raise your uh, win total for them. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna actually have them at five and eleven. I think they're going to win a couple games okay. late in the year. Because teams are going to start resting their players. Oh, no, I had them at 5-11. and 11. Okay, so you do yeah. have them at 5. Okay, fair enough. I will say a sneaky player, too, to keep an eye on in, in, in Bengalstown is Auden Tate. Auden Tate, yep. I have, I've kid. actually been hearing that as that well. That so, stud, yeah. Yeah, their chili still sucks up there. But they're gonna. Be, it's gonna <laughs> I think they're going to be 5-11. and 11. Um, And, yes, you know, there has been this distinct, you know, will they do it, can they do it, won't they do it, uh, question with the Browns. Mm. Uh, I think they finally got it right at head coach. I really do believe in Stephen Wisniewski. I think he's going to. I think he's going to do it right. I think he's yeah. going to lead this team immediately. Now, the scary thing for the Browns is they didn't have a real off season, so it's going to be one of those things where, you know, do they have enough camaraderie yet? That is a question at hand. But the Browns also are benefiting off an easier schedule this year, mm. so I think they're going to finish third in the division, but they're going to be ten and six. I really believe this team is going to be yeah. a, a playoff caliber team, even though they finished third in their own division. Yeah. Like Trevor, I am picking three playoff teams in this division. I don't have a lot of faith in Big Ben right now. Yeah. 
if he can play the first five or six games and stay healthy, I think they're going to make the playoffs because I think the Steelers actually have a pretty winnable schedule as yep. well. And they have a top seven defense. And a top ten, five to ten coach in Mike Tomlin still. I really do believe that they're going to get enough wins. They went 8-8 eight and eight with the worst quarterbacks in the, in the fucking league two, last year. Two of the worst quarterbacks. Two of the worst. One guy's name was Duck. All right, let's be real here for a second. If you can get, get two tendons in Ben, Roth, or ben Roethlisberger's arms to yeah. work functionally, I think he'll be all right. You can take, take Big Ben's legs off his body and stuff. I, I think the Steelers have a better divisional record, which is why even though they finished 10-6, we'll be above the Browns. Yeah. And the Ravens are the class of the AFC North at this time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, with Lamar Jackson. A lot of it has to do with John Harbaugh. But they have a very, very talented roster. Um, they're gonna they got they got to replace Marshall Yonda. I don't know if they've done that you know completely at this time yet. Mm. There is that question uh, in regards. They just lost uh, Earl Thomas surprisingly out of nowhere. I think he earned that though. So there's gonna be some distractions, things of that nature. But there is no question they are the best team in this division. I'm not as high on them as as uh, as Eddie is with 14 and two, but I definitely think they will go 12 and four because their schedule is pretty damn light and their travel schedule. I think they travel a total of six thousand miles. That's, why I got that's 14, insane. 14, that's but like a bunch of home games practically. Yeah. So, but they, they, they do have, like I said, they do have some deficiencies. They do have some concerns. Can can Mark Ingram stay healthy for a full season? I don't know. Um, yeah, and he'll be I think 32 this season too. So, yeah. I, I do have them at finishing 12 and four. Uh, nice. and, 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 yeah, obviously winning Same. the division by a couple games. Now, the AFC South, one of the most unpredictable divisions in the entire NFL. Every Yuck. single year, seems like somebody else wins this thing at, like, 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. Eddie, how do you see the AFC South shaping up, man? I hate this division. <laughs> it's such a blah division, man. Like, I, I, this division, it took me longer than it should have. Dare I say I, it's a shit? Yes. Okay. Uh, at number four, I have the tanking team, Jacksonville. Uh, at three and thirteen. Hold on. That's what I was gonna say. Hold on. <laughs> you have the Jets going on. Yeah. Hey, explain hey, this hey. to me. The quarterback hey. Sam Darnold. He's better. And Le'Veon Bell are gonna go zero and sixteen. Yes. But the team in a trying, worse division. The team trying. In a lose. worse division. Yes. But the the tanking the team that's literally giving away players, putting them out a yard sale, are gonna Four go the three and thirteen. Yeah, they're gonna get the third pick in the draft. <laughs> I like it, Eddie. You 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 brought the chaos tonight. It's I like it's like hot takes, the motherfucking baby. Maybe Eddie's dude. so smart got, his takes sound dumb. I got the hot takes. You baby. said is Eddie's gonna be right. That's the thing. <laughs> Eddie's gonna be right. Hey, call the draft. Yeah. All right. At number three, I have the Titans uh, going eight and eight. Uh, at number two, I have the Colts going nine and seven. And at number one, I got the Texans going ten and six. Ron, the show's gonna love hearing that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call this hey. division the way that it Dude, normally goes. They're one, they're you, one injury you, away. You do you, baby girl. <laughs> they're one injury, you do you. They're one injury away. I don't care. They're one injury I don't away care. from Doug Maroon strapping up his tight end. That's sure. how bad they are. Minshew's going to be the Good MVP. Good yeah, Let's bro. go race now. Fuck this. That's funny Minshew's going to be the MVP, bro. Because there was one team that I was tempted to go 0 for in, this, in, my, in my predictions here, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, but I predicted this, this division as, the, t- as it typically goes every year. Um, very few double-digit win teams um, are likely to come out of this division. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars are having the four spot, obviously. I gave them four wins, going 4-12. and 12, um, Followed up by the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. I have both those teams going 7-9. and nine. I'm not neither one of those teams. I do I expect to be impressive this year. I do like the Tennessee Titans and what they did last year, but I'm expecting them to, to, to take a step back as 
were on the show alluded to before uh, in the show. Um, yeah, I just don't I don't like the Titans this year. I think that I just I think um, Tannehill kind of goes back to his normal ways, um, and he's not going to be able to succeed off of throwing seventy yards a game. It's just not going to work. Um, and the Indianapolis Colts. I just I I'm a Philip Rivers fan. I know being a Chiefs fan, that's very frowned upon, but I've always liked his competitive nature. I just I think he's done. I just think he's done. I love Coach Reich. I just don't think it's going to work there, man. And I, he doesn't have enough weapons in my mind. They're going to have a really good running game. They have a good duo in the backfield. they got a, probably the best O-line, but I just don't think it's going to be enough with uh, with uh, T.Y. Hilton um, being your number one guy for Phillip Rivers, who is also a guy that's often hurt a lot in T.Y. Hilton. So I just I don't like it there. Um I think they're going to try to – this is a one-year thing, it seems like, and I think it's just going to be something we easily forget after the season's over. Um, and then obviously have the Texans winning, but I don't even have them winning double-digit games. I have the Texans going 9-7, and seven, winning the division. So, Wow. Um, so the Jaguars were the team, like Trevor, that I was really tempted to give a, yeah. a, an eggshell in the they win They don't column. want to win. But it is the NFL, <laughs> and it is so hard to, to go an entire season with, without winning a single game. I think the, the only two teams that have ever gone 0-16 – are the Browns and Lions. Right. I think the only two teams. The Jets are next, too. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm a shit you might if they be do right, that. Man. <laughs> you might be right. Eric Bannon might say, fuck you guys, if they ask for you to take the job. But um, I'm going to I'm gonna say that the Jaguars squeak one victory out. Uh, they'll go 1-15, and 15, and Doug Marone's going to be canned, and then we'll see what they do at coach after that. But Blow um, all up. Look, I, I love Deshaun Watson, and I want to believe Ron, the show Hughley, so badly. I want to believe that the Texans have enough to get into the playoffs again. The only problem I have is they don't have the schedule. I'm big on schedules, man. They don't have the schedule that's that's going to justify me giving them 10 victories. Deshaun Watson is great, and he's going to have to play hero ball like he does each and every week. He doesn't have that safety valve anymore. He has a bunch of injury prone players. They're fast. Mm -hmm. Brennan Cooks, Will Fuller, they're all fast. I'll give him that. But they all can't stay on the field. His current weapons right now have missed a combined 68 games over the last five seasons. That's a lot of games. I don't believe they're going to make it through a full season. I don't even know if Deshaun's going to. And I'm not wishing that upon him Mm -hmm. because I love watching him play football. But there is even more pressure and expectation on him. I don't think it's going to work out. I have the Texans going 6-10 this year. Next up Six is the team that made the AFC Championship on the back of Derek Jarrett-Henry. Der- See, we talked about Brian Tannehill playing awful in the playoffs, which he did. But as bad as he was in the playoffs, he was equally good in the regular season. Tannehill was going off in the regular season. They were even talking about him being an MVP candidate. Yeah, I don't expect that to repeat. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But if he plays somewhere in the middle... With that run game, with the coaching they have and the defense that they have, which is a good okay, defense. Talk about weapons. I'm not saying they're going to be a Super Bowl winning team. I'm <laughs> saying you got I Deshaun because of the weapons. With the weapon, uh, yeah. The Titans have a better offense than Oof. the Texans because of health. They do not have better receivers. Derrick Henry alone is a better offensive weapon than any guy that the Texans have. They have David Johnson. Who's a f- David Johnson's hurt all the time. I know. I know. He was good in 2016. <sighs> Come on, what's he done since then? Nothing. True. The True. Ti- the Titans are going to do just enough. To squeak in the playoffs as the seventh seed at nine and seven for the third straight season, they'll go nine and seven. Oof. I understand the take on the Colts. I understand that they are not a great team because they're not, and Philip Rivers is probably washed. But let me show you. Let me let, let me list off rather the first 
six games of the season for the for the uh, Philip Rivers led Colts at Jacksonville, home against the Vikings, home against the Jets, at Chicago, at Cleveland, home against the Bengals. All losable games for Philip Rivers. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. There are three teams on that list right there that might win a combined six games. He's the games. cursed one, dude. He's going to I am going to say this right now. I think the Colts start off 6 and 0. Oof. I think the Colts start off 6 and 0 and for the rest of the season they will struggle because their their schedule does get difficult with at the Lions, Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston. But I do believe those six games are going to propel oh, them enough. Yeah. If they win four, five more games for the rest of the schedule, they will win their division. I actually have the Colts at eleven and five See? to win the AFC South. <laughs> Talk about it. Bam, bam, bam. Yep, six wins, takes. six wins for the Texans, bro. Six and zero oh for the Colts. Yeah, six and I oh. can't get over six wins total for the Texans. Like, <laughs> we all have, we have this on tape. Uh, we have this on tape. Yes. For the for the division we've been waiting for all night long. Oh. <laughs> the AFC Bang. West. Eddie, how is your AFC West <laughs> division shaping up, my guy? Well, it's full of hot takes, I'll tell you Let's that. Let's hear it. Yeah. I'm here for the hot. Full oh, of hot, hot takes. Here for the hot. Yeah. I got three teams making the playoffs out of this division. Mm. Talk about hot takes, baby. I might have to cool off real quick. Yeah. Let, me, let me get up there. Hold on. Let me... That's some bullshit. <laughs> Good lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> at number four, at number four, I do have the new relocated Las Vegas Raiders at 5-11. and 11. Mm. Nobody believes in Derek Carr. Not even their own team believes in Derek Carr. Not even his burner account. It got Ex- deleted. Exactly. So, <laughs> Jay, Was it Jace Frost or Jace Trost, whatever it was called? Jace Frost, yeah. Holy hell. So, I got them going to 5-11. and 11. <laughs> And then... I got two teams uh, having the same record at nine and seven. Nine and seven. Nine and seven. I got the Chargers at number three and the Broncos at number two. Yeah, both went in nine games. Nine games, <sighs> baby. I think I think uh, the the Broncos uh, with the picks that they made this year in the draft, I think might push. Uh, that, that's why I'm giving them hope. Uh, receiver cores. Yep. To, nice. to nine games, and I think uh, Drew Locke is a. I mean, we had we didn't see much last season, but I think he's a decent, decent enough quarterback to to get him over that hump. Yeah, might be the second best quarterback in this division. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then at number one, obviously, hopefully everybody has him. Uh, I don't know if anybody we'll has see. like a hotter take. Than we'll that. see. <laughs> um, at number one, I do have the Chiefs uh, going fourteen and two, but I do. They're going to own the tiebreaker against the Ravens, and they will clinch the number one. So they'll beat them in week three on Monday yes. football. Okay. All right, I like it. I like it. Um, so yeah, number four spot for me obviously is the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I, I am giving them six wins. I'm giving them, you know, I'm not, I have them going six and ten. Um, they do have a talented roster. They, they too obviously loaded up offensively. They got a, um, but they don't have the quarterback. Tr- well, we will see. I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. We'll see midway if there's a change. <laughs> uh, they might have an upgrade there. I don't know. Um, so yeah, Ooh. six and ten for them. Uh, followed up by Denver, the Denver Broncos at seven and nine, and then in the second spot I had the the Los Angeles Chargers also at seven and nine, and then at the one spot we have the hometown Chiefs. I got them going thirteen and three. Boom! I don't hate it so far, guys. I have the Chiefs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> number four. So at number four, 
Look, I, I, uh, I will walk out of this room. I know every single person in media, for some reason, loves hyping the Chargers up, even though they've won jack shit in their entire franchise's history. Every single season we hear it. Well, I'm going to be the guy that actually speaks some truth here and says that the Chargers, although they have a talented roster, they're more talented than on the injury reserve list, like I've already stated. They don't have a capable franchise quarterback. I know Terod Taylor is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's not a difference-making quarterback. And I don't think Justin Herbert's even close to being ready to play football in the NFL. They're going to struggle really bad to score points this season. I think that... Tyrod Taylor is not going to turn the ball over. In fact, he's one of the greatest ever mm-hmm. at touchdown uh, uh, interception ratios. That's only because he plays like Alex Smith where he's dinking and dunking all over the field. They have weapons. They do. I, I believe in their weapons. But again, they're, they miss it in the most important spots. And losing Derwin James again is such a deflating feeling yeah. for a team that was geared up and ready to go. I think they're actually going to be one of the teams that lead the league in sacks. I think they're going to have an incredible pass rush, which is going to keep them in games. But when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to those game-winning drives, they won't have the advantage at quarterback more times than not. I have the Chargers at 5-11 and 11 this year. Oof. I think they're going to struggle a lot. Because although it'll be close in a lot of games, they're not going to win a lot of those games. So I think they go 5-11 and 11 and finish last place in the AFC West. Followed up by, I tell you what, man. <laughs> Look, I know John, John Gruden's fun. I know that the Raiders are fun. They're, they're fun to poke at. They're fun to watch. I mean, they're always a, a shitstorm. And I know a lot of people have picked them to go, to, to advance after going 7-9 and nine last season. But it, it, the, their, their problems are so obvious. Yeah. Derek Carr is not the answer. Marcus Mariota is actually the favorite in the house. Mike Mayock loves Marcus Mariota, which means that there's even more pressure on a quarterback in Derek Carr. They can't handle the pressure. He's more fun to block people on Twitter than he is to throw a touchdown in a crunch time situation. They have an incredible run game in Joshua Jacobs, but outside of that, their offense is lacking in talent. I know the tight end, I forget his name, but he's not. I don't know if he's going to have a repeat season like he did last season. Mm -hmm. And their defense, their secondary is trash. I don't believe in this team at all. I honestly don't even know how I picked them to go third in the in the division. Yeah. I have the Raiders finishing with one game better than the Chargers at six and ten. True Lock is maybe the most pivotal player in the AFC West this year because if he's really good, the Broncos could be really good this year. They yeah. could they have the weapons around him. Good running game with, and defense. They just drafted Jerry Judy. They yeah. just went and picked up uh, Gordon from the uh, from the the uh, Chargers. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, they have a, a solid defense. Not a great defense anymore, but solid. It's respectable, middle of the pack. They could be a really good team and actually flirt with the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't believe in their coach. I don't think he's a head coach. I don't think he's got what it takes to to lead a team to be a Playoff type of contender. I think Drew Locke's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be great, at least not for this season. I think the the Broncos are going to be a very average team, a team you have to fear each and every week because they're going to be in every game they play this year. Hmm. But I think they finish 8-8 eight and eight and miss the playoffs. I've seen a lot of people swing on both sides. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be awesome. I'm going to be right down the middle. I yeah. think they're going to be just a very middling type of team, 8-8, eight and eight, win some good games, win, lose some frustrating games. Yeah, the Chiefs are the only team I have making the playoffs out of that division. Because the Chiefs are the only real contender in the AFC, which is why, with the most of all certainties of divisions, this was the easiest pick of them all. Yeah. 
The Chiefs are by far the best team in not just the AFC West, but in the AFC. We all know this. So there's no mystery as to why I have the Chiefs running away by six games in this division. They're going to win this division as early as they possibly can. I have the Chiefs finishing 14-2 and with the number one overall seed in the AFC and winning the division for this, what, seventh straight year, I believe that would be? Seventh straight season. Yes. And there we go. Now... Real quick, I don't know if you guys have gotten these down, but I want to know real quick, who is your guys' NFL MVP for the 2020 season? Me? I got Mahomes as MVP. Same here. Three's company, baby. I was on a Darren Smith's show this last Sunday, and, I, and he asked me this very question. And honestly, I was, I've was i been very tempted. In fact, I've been trying to convince myself to give it to Russell Wilson. Because Rogers, the possibly. Lifetime Achievement Award and all this stuff of, of, of Russell never even having a boat mm-hmm. to this point of his career, which is just completely asinine. Yep. The possibility that, that Pete Carroll decides to finally start letting Russell Wilson air the ball out consistently. Right. The fact he still puts up insane numbers with that considered, I was very tempted. I'm not going to do it. Patrick Mahomes is going to have another all-pro Great season. I think he's going to have far better numbers than he had in 2019. Mm-hmm. With Clyde in the backfield, it's just going to be absolutely absurd with the yep. weapons they already have. I think I think Patrick Mahomes is going to run away with this and get a second uh, MVP in three seasons. No now, to the NFC playoffs and the wild card round, there are three matchups. Eddie, how do you see those matchups going? All right, my matchups are as follows. I got Saints against Eagles, Seattle against Bucks, and then Vikings against Packers. I got the Saints being the Eagles. I got Seattle being the Bucks, and I got the Packers being the Vikings. I like it. That's some good matchups. I do like those. Uh, Trevor, how's your wild card looking? Well, first of all, I'm just going to make it very clear that I have the Buccaneers missing the playoffs. <laughs> um, so they're not in. They're not in this, this discussion on my end. Um, so yeah, we can take that as a hot take. But when the time comes, I'll, I'll be glad to revisit it. Um, so I got the number two Saints. Against the number seven forty niners, the number six Cowboys against the number three Eagles, and the number five Falcons against the number four Vikings. I have the Saints beating the 49ers. I have the Cowboys beating the Eagles. And I have the Falcons beating the Vi- the Vikings. Woo! Yep. Wild card. Woo! Yes. I wish we had that little hot take. I like the Falcons, man. I think the Falcons are gonna be nice this year. I said Couple months ago, uh, we were yeah we were on the show actually, and I, I said that Aaron Rodgers is going to play this season better than he's played since 2011. I think he's going to have his best season since 2011 when he won MVP when he threw 45 touchdowns and the Packers went 15 and one. The Packers, although did not do enough to get him a better team, they are still a really good team. Yeah. It pained, it, picking, pained, it pained me not to have him in the playoffs, but I am picking the seven seed Packers to go into New Orleans and beat the Saints. And here is why. Real quick. Again, Aaron Rodgers is playing much better football than Drew Brees is right now. Devontae Adams, I think, is going to have the best statistical season of any wide receiver in the NFL. I think their run game is going to be absolutely elite. And I think their defense is going to be good yet again and keeping them in all the tight games. Drew Brees, as much as I have loved him, we have seen the steady decline. And if he is not throwing five-yard outs or five-yard slants to Michael Thomas, they have had to rely on their run game more than they have to. They should. And that's going to force Alvin Kamara to run between the A and B, or the B and C gaps, 
And I don't think he's meant for that. I think he's meant for the outside types of passes, outside runs. He's going to have to force him to have a usage that he's not used to. I don't believe the Saints are long for the, long for the road, and I, they've choked time and time again in the playoffs. Don't be shocked when Aaron Rodgers goes in that house and makes it happen. I got the seven seed Packers over the two Saints. Eddie's Buccaneers were looking promising with all these star talented players. You know, they got all these guys, got all these retirement home dudes coming back from the dead. Yeah, it's going to end in the first round. I have the Cowboys beating the Buccaneers, the three-seeded Cowboys, taking it to... I'm actually picking... I don't even have the Cowboys in this conversation. The the three-seeded Cowboys are going to blow out Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By this point, Tom Brady is going to show just how broke he is at this age of his life. And he's actually going to try to come back for another year because he signed a two-year deal with the Bucs. They're going to beat them... By three touchdowns, the Cowboys will advance out of the wild card round against the Six. going balls deep. Absolutely. And although I do not expect, like I said, the 49ers to be as great as they were last season, they're going to be still good enough. And although I love me some Lions, and I believe they make the playoffs and win their division, the 49ers are going to beat the brakes off the the Detroit Lions in the first round and advance out of the wild card round. Now, moving to the divisional round... Yeah, we'll move right past we'll that. We'll move right past that because I don't want yeah, to. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken, for making a spot. I appreciate you coming by. Appreciate it. They were cheeks. Yeah, so anyway, Eddie, divisional round. How do you see it going down in the AFC? All right, man. Uh, my first matchup, I got Seattle facing against the 49ers. I just think this is Russell Wilson's year. Uh, he's going to go all in. Uh, so I got Seattle beating 49ers, advancing to the uh, conference championship. And the next game. I do have the the Packers against the Saints. I believe the Saints are too much for the Packers. Not like you, Lance. I Fair do. Enough. Ha- I do have the Packers. Uh, I mean, the Saints advancing to the conference championship to face off against Russell Wilson. All right. Um, divisional round. I have the number two Saints beating the number five Falcons, um, and then follow that up with the number one Seahawks beating the number six Cowboys in a very close game. I actually have that one going to overtime where the, the Seahawks win by a field goal. And those are my two games of the divisional round there. You guys know I've been believing in my guy Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I told you guys I think he's going to have that breakout year. Your guy's my guy. That's I didn't my even guy now. I took him. I took him from I you. I didn't even have him in the I playoffs. took him from you. I got Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers on my side. But it ends in the divisional round because he had to, unfortunately, run into the Seattle Seahawks. He's got to go up to Seattle. I will say, though, it's going to be the closest game of the playoffs. I actually think it'll be an overtime game, and the Seahawks will win by a field goal at the end of the game, and they advance to the NFC Championship. I hope I'm wrong about the Packers. I want to say that. The the, uh, Cowboys, again, I'm actually surprisingly big on them. I didn't even know I was until I started creating my predictions. I'm actually big on the Cowboys. But they're going to run into another buzzsaw, which is the 49ers, who are still driven to try to get back to that Super Bowl and get themselves a victory like George Kittle said. He said, I will, I will be back in this game. They're going to inch themselves even closer to that Super Bowl re-repeat, try to run it back for themselves. They beat the Cowboys in the divisional round and advance to the NFC Championship against the Seattle Seahawks. Eddie, who is winning the NFC uh, uh, conference championship. So I got Seattle facing the uh, New Orleans Saints, mm. and I got Seattle winning that game. Same here, man. Uh, I have had the Seahawks facing off the number one and the number two seeds making it. 
Um, I got Seahawks over Saints as well. I might cry right now. I might legitimately cry right now. You guys just ran the table with me on this one. Let's go. I have the Seattle Seahawks nice. beating the 49ers in the NFC Championship. We have not talked about this. No. I put that on all of our lives here, except, yeah, because I'm not going to speak for except me, me and Eddie us morons right sense. here. Yeah. We did not talk about this. Mm-mm. We all have the Seahawks in the NFC or in the Super Bowl. I, I wonder Seahawks what's going to happen on the AFC side. So let's go ahead and just move to that one. Interesting. Um, AFC playoffs, Eddie. Let's uh, go ahead and go to the wild card round. How do you see the wild card round shaping? All right, up? for my three matchups, I got Broncos, Texans, Steelers, Buffalo, and Chargers, Ravens. Uh, for the first matchup, Broncos, Texans. I have the Texans beating the Broncos. Um, it's going to be easy dub for for the Texans. On my second matchup, I got Steelers facing Buffalo, and I do believe in in uh, Big Ben, and I think he's going to make that push. I uh, do have them winning that game. And my my last matchup, Ravens-Chargers. I think the Ravens are just going to completely rape the Chargers. And it's, uh, they're going to advance uh, to the next round. Uh, my wild card setup is as such. I got, um, I got the number two Ravens facing the Browns. I got the number five Steelers facing the number four Texans, which I'm intrigued to watch that one if that's what takes place. Um, number six Patriots. Facing the Bills, um, which is the number three. The Bills are the number three seed there. Um, so I got the Ravens beating the Browns. I got the Steelers beating the Texans. And I have the Patriots beating the Bills. Oof. Getting revenge from losing the division. Because Oof. I'm putting my money on Villachek in the Oof. playoffs. Fuck. I don't think I have the Patriots Hot in the takes, fucking baby. playoffs. Yeah, I have the Patriots Oof. in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yep. Because you believe in our division. We apologize. You believe in you? You have the you have the Chargers and the Broncos. Yes. See, I don't, I don't have that. So I believe in the Patriots more than I do the Broncos. <laughs> Hot Patriots. And, and, okay, if it comes to the pay, the playoffs, you're taking the Patriots over the Bills, right? I have. It's hot. I'm sweating. I don't have the Patriots in the damn playoffs. Yeah, you have the Texans going. All right, six and you had your time. You had your turn. All right. So my wild card round goes as follows. I mean, look, Lamar Jackson has been. Um, I would say like the Giannis of the NFL of the NFL right now, where he's this supreme talent, mm-hmm. but continually falls short in the playoffs. And we're seeing that now with Giannis again. They're probably going to get swept by the Heat. We don't know what to expect from Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, other than failure. Yeah. And ironically, as it stands, I was laughing so hard when I saw my seedings match up. Guess who I have the Ravens facing in the first round? The Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans were the team that whooped Baltimore in Baltimore last season in the divisional round. Well, they meet a little early this time around. And I got Lamar Jackson redeeming himself. He's going to do just enough, just enough to get the Ravens their first playoff win in six seasons. I got the Ravens passing up the Titans in a mere victory, a very close victory. Whew. Again, with the Colts not being a great team, I said that they're going to get exposed eventually. They happen to face a team that has a lot of pressure on them and a lot of eyes on them, wondering what they can do. Phillip Rivers is at the end of his career. I think this will be his last season in the NFL. He's going to go start coaching high school football. And he's going to get sent early. Sent home early to start coaching. He's going to grab those books and make an early preparation for next season because the Browns are beating the Colts as the sixth seed in Indianapolis, 
by one point. They're going to escape Baker. Indianapolis by one point in the uh, wild card round. Ben Roethlisberger has made a full turnaround. I do believe he'll survive the season, and they'll go 10-6 and six and get that five seed. I don't know what to expect from Josh Allen. I have no idea what he's going to do this season, but I do know he upgraded at wide receiver, and I think that defense is for real, and I think they're a proven team in some regard. They did choke big time in the playoffs last season against Deshaun Watson, and it took a Deshaun Watson type of performance for them to lose. That doesn't happen this time around. The Bills are going to beat the Steelers in Buffalo in the wild card round. Eddie, how is your AFC divisional round looking, my guy? Talk about hot takes. Yes. Here we go. Hot takes, baby. Hot takes all day. <laughs> one man hype over here, dude. I love <laughs> it. Hot. You make it hot, little my, John. I my, love it. My first matchup, I got the Ravens facing the Texans. Uh, easy for me. I do have the Ravens beating the Texans. Uh, Bill O'Brien will be fired after that game. Ooh, I, I really okay. hope. Okay. Really hope so. Hopefully Ron's still watching. I would love to hear his thoughts on that. Fire the GM or the coach. Yeah, exactly. He's got, yeah. He's got multiple <laughs> occupations both, there. Both. You okay. fire both. Oh, you sweet. Get rid of them. <laughs> In my next matchup, I do have the Steelers facing the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I like that. I, hey, Lance, you, uh, what happened the last time the, the Steelers faced the Chiefs? <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, let me tell you. First of all, fuck you for bringing it up. Second of all, the Ta- Chiefs uh, held the Steelers to six field goals and lost. So, yeah, that wasn't a good time. Do you know who was the quarterback for the Chiefs at that time that left four touchdowns on the field? Yeah. That'd be Alex Smith. Yeah, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, what was the last time the, the, the Steelers played the Chiefs, though? What happened last time they flat out played? Maybe yeah. six touchdowns by Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They almost came back, too. Yeah. That, yeah, Can we Eagles, move on, please? Oh, my God, those are bad days for our me. Our spread eagle ready for him. That's why. Well, talk about hot takes. Oh, boy. There we go. That, that microphone's catching on fire as we speak, man. Get a little closer to that you candle. Are, yeah, you are a little sweaty over there. Yeah, he is. Uh, a sweaty Eddie over Ooh, here. Talk about hot <laughs> takes. He, he's the one that needs the towel. Sweaty Eddie. I, <laughs> I got the winner winning by at least 20 points. And that's the cheese. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Try to hold my breath for a second, man. So I got the Chiefs and Ravens facing off in the conference championship. Okay. Trevor, how's your um, divisional round? Well, I do have the, the Patriots making the divisional round, and they are facing our Chiefs. And I, I can't wait for that. Um, I got the Chiefs absolutely destroying the Patriots and embarrassing Cam Newton and Belichick. They could have just saved the embarrassment and just took my prediction seriously. Yeah, well, we'll just go 6-10. and 10. Too bad you're going to be wrong. <laughs> um, so I have, obviously, the Chiefs beating the Patriots in the divisional round, um, and then the Ravens beating the Steelers, which will I, I believe will be a close game. Um, those it feels like it doesn't matter the rosters between the Ravens and Steelers. Those games are always good, um, especially if, you know a matchup in the playoffs with Big Ben's experience against you know Lamar Jackson's known failures in the postseason. So that would be a big uh, win for Lamar uh, over you know to beat that Steelers team. So I do also have the Ravens facing the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. AFC Championship, Eddie. How's it? How's it? How is it turning out? Give me, give me some insight Sweaty here. Eddie, Sweaty Eddie, Eddie, by the way. Yeah. Sweaty Eddie. That fire over there, just stoking oh. it. He's got goops, just gooping. So hot. Hotter than your takes, or just the people are people. excited about it. <laughs> Let the people be excited. Uh, didn't we do the no AFC Championship? Oh, yeah. AFC Who's, Championship. Who wins the AFC oh, Championship? Gotcha, Stay gotcha. with us, Eddie. Okay. He's over oh, passing out. He's dehydrated. Where's our recovery <laughs> hydration? I'm over here fucking thinking about the Steelers and shit. All right, uh, AFC, AFC Championship, uh, 
Chiefs Ravens. I do have the Chiefs winning that one and advancing to the Super Bowl. All right. To face the Seattle Seahawks. AFC I Championship. Have the, I have the Chiefs beating the Ravens by more than two touchdowns in the AFC Ooh. Championship game. Fucking bring it. So I've been waiting for a while since that beatdown that the Chiefs gave the Browns uh, two years ago uh, to face again. I would love to see Mahomes and Baker Mayfield on the same field again because when they're, when they're on the field, magic happens. Uh, all the way back to college. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw seven touchdowns on the lost against the OU Sooners. That's unbelievable. And then he goes in there in Cleveland and just put an absolute ass-beating on Baker Mayfield in 2018. I think it was Patrick Mahomes' like, fifth game of his career. The Chiefs are going to absolutely annihilate the Browns. I'm sorry, no. They beat the Browns in the uh, divisional round. Right, and the right. Bills beat... Uh, okay, yeah, so... All right, so my, divi- my divisional... Yeah, the, no, no, hold on, because I didn't give my divisional round predictions. Okay. So I have the Chiefs div- annihilating the six-seed Browns. Fair. Lamar Jackson is going to have an opportunity of a lifetime here against the Buffalo Bills to get to his first AFC championship. And he's going to fall flat. I have the Buffalo Bills. Damn, dude. You're on the Bills this year. Beating the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are going to absolutely choke this game away because they are the better team. And they should win this game just like they should have beaten the Titans last year. And I know that everyone would assume that if you beat the Titans and you get that monkey off your back and you win your first playoff game, that all is good. That's the problem, is I think the Ravens are going to loosen up a little bit and start feeling themselves, and they're going to expect to roll on the Bills, who, again, are not a better team, and are going to lose an insanely upset in fashion, a low-scoring game where Lamar Jackson has three turnovers. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. That is right. Man. Just like last year when everyone thought it was crazy, oh, the Titans would go in there and beat them 28-12. to 12. Yeah, that was some bullshit. I can't believe it. Lost. Chiefs in the AFC Championship against the Buffalo Bills. Need I say more? <laughs> because although the Bills have gone farther, in my predictions, than anyone's expecting them to, their luck is going to run out dramatically at Arrowhead Stadium because the Chiefs are going to be clicking on all cylinders. They will have no answer for Clyde edwards who will have three touchdowns in the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs are going to beat the Bills by 21 points in the AFC Championship in advance against the, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Eddie, for Super Bowl 55, how do you see that game playing out? Oh, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a quarterback showdown. I do have the winner winning by last second field goal. And my champion is the Kansas City I like Chiefs. it, Eddie. All right. That, oh. Let's fan those flames a little bit. Is that your Super Bowl prediction? Yeah. And how? We're, I swear you guys talked. What me, happened? Me and Eddie, man. What happened? I have the Chiefs winning. I have my score. I have the Chiefs winning 34 to 31 with the last second field goal. <laughs> hey. With a game-winning drive. It's almost like we know each other, huh? Right. It's weird, guys. I have a game-winning drive at Patrick Mahomes and winning it at the last second. Setting up the field goal. 34-34. These are hot takes. I'm sweating. I cannot wait to watch a Patrick Mahomes. Russell. 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 Oh. (laughs) (laughs) They threw another. I I don't know if you guys remember, but at the beginning of the show, we, we played the clip from last year almost to the day that we made our official NFL predictions. And if you recall, I said the Chiefs and Seahawks would play in that Super Bowl. I was wrong about that. 
I was close, but I was still wrong. The 49ers got it done. And I did say that the Chiefs are going to win their first Super Bowl. And this is the first time I ever, or their first Super Bowl in 50 years. And it was the first time I ever predicted in my life the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And they actually did what they, what I predicted them to do. There's been this whole run it back tour. This whole run it back. You know, everyone's talking about the run it back. I decided, you know what? I'm going to run it back with my predictions. Because both these teams are Super Bowl worthy. And I've stated over and over again, the Chiefs are the only team in the AFC that I think legitimately can win a Super Bowl. Out of the AFC, I, I don't believe in the Ravens that, that much. Obviously, I have them losing to the damn Bills. Yeah. The Chiefs are going to repeat as Super Bowl champions. I hope everybody understands that. And honestly, not to sound arrogant, I don't think it matters who they face. But I do believe that at season's end, we will look and we will say this is their most worthy opponent. Just like last season, the 49ers were the absolute best team in the NFC. The Chiefs faced the class of the NFC. There have been times where teams make it to the Super Bowl and they're not the class of their, their conference. They just got hot at the end. We've seen that with the Ravens. We saw that with the Packers. We've seen that with, with the Giants multiple times. They weren't the best teams in their, in their conferences. They got hot. The Chiefs are going to face the best team in the NFC. I truly believe that. At season's end, Russell Wilson is going to have this team stoking, like the fires under Eddie all night, all night long. And I believe the Chiefs are going to have some struggles, just like they did against the Niners. They're going to have to adjust. They're going to have to come back in this game because I think the Seahawks are going to take an early lead. I think Russell Wilson's going to be damn good in this game. I think, I think DK Metcalf's going to give the Chiefs a lot of problems. But as we know so well here in Kansas City, the Chiefs have the factor that no one else has. Mm-hmm. And it's the Mahomes factor. It's being able to rise above all impossibilities and all impracticalities. He is going to bring this team back in the fourth quarter, and they're going to win in a very similar fashion that they did against the, the 49ers last, in the last Super Bowl. I don't know how. I don't know what the dynamic play. It might be a wasp. But it might be something else. But Patrick Mahomes is going to lead this team against the Seahawks in, last, in a last-second desperation play or desperation drive, and they're going to win. By a field goal, what thirty-eight right. to thirty-five. That's that's creepy. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes is going to win his second straight Super Bowl MVP. Sounds beautiful, doesn't it? That's because it's going to be reality, and sometimes reality is better than fiction. And we'll leave it there. I'd love to hear your guys' predictions. I'd love to know what who you guys have winning this Super Bowl. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of you guys are feeling the same way we do with the run it back tour. Uh, but I'd like to know who you guys, if you have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, who do you think is going to play them in the Super Bowl? How do you see that going down? Call us crazy. I'm sure we're going to have some new chowderheads in the in the comments uh, wanting to kill us for simply stating facts here. Chowder. Tre- you might like Trevor. This dude believes in your pats, so let him, let him have it. I believe you know? in Cam Newton. Yeah, we'll see. But we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we have our final segment. Oh, wait, wait what's it called, guys? I forgot what it's called. Hold this L! Every single week, what we like to do is we like to hand out some friendly or maybe some unfriendly L's in the world of sports. Some of them might be funny. Some of them might be depressing via Trevor. But you know what? Most of them deserve what they have coming. So let's go ahead and go to our guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, Mr. Uh, 
Hot takes over there, Mr. Uh, you know, sweating under the nips, Eddie Ortiz, Mr. No, no, no. Who's holding the L this week? And please don't tell me it's F1. <laughs> Not F1. Okay, there we go. And I'm actually going to switch it up on you. All right. Change it up a little bit. I am not going to give an L this week. I am going to give a fuck you this week. Oh! Mm. And and that first Eddie fuck you is going to go to none other than FC Barcelona. All right! <laughs> I was so, I'm so glad you're going with this one, man. Yeah. Um, when a player has dedicated 20 years of their life for your club, sacrifices actually made your team relevant, actually, you know, led you to a Champions League, uh, done everything for this club, uh, and the way they've been treating them in this past couple weeks has been horrible. Not only did they... Uh, so Messi felt, you know, alone. He felt like the, the team president wasn't in fully support and, you know... Like when they needed uh, new players or like a like a plan or something to come up with like championship winning ways again and stuff like that, they didn't have anything conclusive. Mm. And Massey was quoted saying in an interview this morning, "I wasn't happy and I wanted to leave. I have not been allowed this in any way, and I will stay at this club as not to get into a legal dispute. The management of the club, led by Bartomeu, is a disaster." When you're obviously you can call him a Hall of Famer, your legend. Uh, you can say the best player that has ever played soccer, ever. Uh, debatable with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously still playing, but still arguably one of the best in the world and to ever do it. And, and the way you've been sure. treating him, disrespected him. He uh, he wanted to leave because obviously he is 33 years old and. He saw that it was time uh, after 20 years of dedication to this club. And the way they came back and just told him, if you want to leave, we're going to sue you. Like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, after I, I after what I did for this club, you, you're going to come back and tell me you're going to sue me? Right. Like, like they could have gotten some money from, from Messi this, this offseason and they would have sold him. Let's say they would have sold him to Manchester City for 150, 200 mil, you know? Yeah. They would be getting money. But because this whole fucking uh, shit show, uh, he's going to leave a free agent next season. At the end of next season, they're not going to get nothing in return. He's leaving for free. And instead of you getting money to help rebuild your team again, become that, that, that you know, that team that everybody wanted to be, uh... You know, winning that triplete with the Champions League, Copa del Rey, and La Liga, winning all those three, the three main champions. The way you're doing them it is, I I just can't believe it. Uh, the disrespect, mm. uh, questioning his loyalty. Come on, like trying to sue him. Try, yeah, like so for me that that's more than an L. So for me, Barcelona's gonna have to hold this. Fuck, Fuck you. you. <laughs> I like it. It's the first one ever. I like it. I like it a lot. Trevor, who's holding the L? Uh, this is actually one I was going to give last week. Um, I just felt it was uh, with everything that's going on with the social injustice shit that's going on. He you know, has a lot of people either on edge or a lot of people in support mode where they're wanting to be as kind as possible in these times. And some people obviously go the other way. Um, the Charlotte Hornets, of course it's in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets radio broadcaster, his name is 
I'm not for sure how to pronounce it. It's F-O-C-K-E. I'm not sure if it's Foki, Fock. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I hope it's Fock. Focky, Foki, I don't know. Fun with Fock. That's we'll call him John F. Yeah. For now, um, fuck yeah! I don't even want to be really be mentioning this guy's name, but Will uh, he via Twitter during the Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz series uh, on August seventeenth um, decided to, with his own thumbs, create a tweet in, in, in uh, talking about the um, the Denver Nuggets instead of the Nuggets. He used the N word, hard R. I just. I, in a time like this, as a professional broadcaster on a social media platform, you're going to put yourself out there like that. It, feel, it feels like someone who is trying to get fired because you know that's a fireable offense, even though he immediately deleted the tweet. But you know Twitter. You know social media. Screenshots right away. Anytime there's a trigger word out there, anytime you're caught saying something and you're hung out there to dry, he did it to himself, buddy. So, yeah, he's um, obviously been let go, fired immediately. Will not return to his position. Um, so, yeah. My guy, John Fock. I'm going to call you that because that feels necessary. Fock you as well. Um, yeah, get <laughs> fucked. Um, <laughs> it's 2020. Fuck 2020, man. We have broadcasters for professional teams using the hard R N-word. There's no fucking way, dude. Makes, I, I, it's, just, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah so, what a fucker. So, uh, ex-Charlotte Hornets broadcaster. You're gonna have to do me a favor and hold, hold this out. Appreciate it, man. The fucking, I'm telling you, man, these fucking people, the, the, the fucking, fucking nerds. The fucking. The fucking. <laughs> oh, it's no. like Conor, we don't mean to mock fuck. It's, it's like Conor McGregor's in here. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> um, it's late. We, we, we all watch basketball here, man, and, and, and I love the way they've been able to put this bubble together. I have no complaints with all that. Uh, the production side of things has been awesome. Again, there's really no complaints, except there's this one fucking thorn, fucking thorn in my side that I cannot get over. And it's not just the officials. It's not the fact they've just been absolutely ass, or like my guy Ken Swanson likes to say, cheeks, cheeks. In, in the bubble. It's the fact that when they go to these reviews, there's one in particular incompetent retired referee they continue to go to to ask his thoughts on the call that's at that's being reviewed at the time. One Steve Javi, who I thought at one time was an incredible ref, referee and official in the NBA. He was there for like 24 years, had an incredible career. Everybody respected him. But since he's taken on this role as being like this chief advisor or like this, you know, third party opinion uh, for the NFL, for the NBA and for their viewing audience, he's done nothing but literally just kiss the ass of his peers and his former bosses and his former buddies that he worked with as an NBA official. Literally every single time the refs call something and it gets challenged, they go to him and Doris Burke will go to him and ask him what his thoughts are and he'll literally... No matter what the call is, that somebody could have chopped someone's head off, and they would have said it was no call, and they got challenged. And Chief Zabby said, "Well, I mean, are we are we really sure he cut his head off? We don't have any. Oh, we have footage. Oh, well, I'm gonna still side with the refs on this one because I think they saw from a decent angle, even though we have 13 different angles on camera. It's unbelievable. So bad that Doris Burke had to literally call him out while he's still on air 
during a game, I think it was during the Bucks and Heat game, yeah. when Goran Dragic literally just stands straight and they call a foul on him when a guy goes for a jump shot. I think it was Chris Middleton. Yep. And then another horrible call on Giannis Antetokounmpo at the end of the game against Jimmy Butler. Like, I get that's probably a foul, but you don't call that foul. That just doesn't happen. And, of course, Steve Javi comes in here playing, you know, rescue team over here, trying to defend his guys, knowing good and well they fucked up not once but twice and almost gave both teams the game on their own whistles. So, again, as, as great as things have been in the NBA and as well as the NBA bubble has gone, which, again, has been seamless, there has been one pain in the ass, and that pimple's name is Steve Javi. So let's pop that pimple <laughs> together and do me a favor, Steve Javi, and hold, hold this L. L. Appreciate you. Yeah, he's trash. He so I got the Bills and the AFC Championship with the Chiefs, just like I had the Titans in the AFC Championship with the Chiefs last year. So let's see how drunk I am this time around, mm-hmm. guys. It was a fun freaking show. Absolutely. Our guy Ron the Show Hughley came and brought it. Cannot thank him enough for being here. Cannot wait to have him back as soon as humanly possible. But in the meantime, go follow him on Twitter. It's Real Ron the Show. Uh, go follow him, guys, at Sports Radio 610 down there in Houston. They, they Obviously, he said himself that they talk about us here in Kansas City plenty on their airwaves. People are calling and talking about us. We're the toast of the town, apparently. So you might as well have an interest in going and listen to his show every once in a while. And radio out here struggles. So let's go ahead and support our guy, Ron, the show. So in that, we appreciate everything that you guys have been doing for us. Everybody that's been involved in the comment threads. Uh, the, the live stream, people that have been sharing this stuff, uh, Facebook, on YouTube, the people that have subscribed and commented on there, thank you so much. And for our OG podcasters, man, we love you guys. Thank you so much for everybody that has tuned in on the Monday Mailbag and chimed in. It's getting bigger and bigger each and every week. We thank you guys for that. For Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for the one and only Mrs. The, the Wizard of Oz, Mrs. Gat back in the background. I am Lance Twidwell. Episode 80 of the, of the Spoken Podcast, given our official 2020 NFL predictions. We'll see how bad they are, how good they are. Patriots suck. And that, you guys have yourself an awesome weekend. Cannot wait to get to episode 81. But in the meantime, episode 80 is out. And we're out of this bitch. You guys have a great night. See ya. We all know that the only way to top the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew is with velvety new sweet cold foam from Dunkin'. But how do you top that? With an exclusive offer for DD Perks members. Get a medium chocolate stout cold brew with sweet cold foam, cold brew with sweet cold foam, or cold brew for $3. It's the perfect deal to top off the perfect top to the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew. Doesn't that sound great? Not a DD Perks member? Join today via the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.